Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh, 11 o'clock comics, episode 151. <laughs> 150 plus one. Wait, I'm sorry. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be spontaneous, and I'm ruining it for you. I just ruined it. Let's do it again. Three, two, three, two, one. Eleven o'clock comics, episode one hundred and fifty-one. See how I laid that tarp out for you real nice and smooth? Wasn't it beautiful? There's there's grass on the playing field. Play ball, baby. Buddha Buddha. Oh my goodness. Chris, you are you are so wound already, I can't believe. I am I'm 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 like who's the the kid on the top part? Um the one that's always on like tweet coffee. I don't want some. I used to. Yeah, it's better than fun though. No, of it is all not. The crazy shit of all the crazy shit that he has said on this show. I know. I have never taken as much flack. I know, but you know why? Broke, because broke there. Fine. Yes. SpongeBob is an absolute good. It's like the Krabby Patty. You can't not like SpongeBob. One of these days, you're going to wake up and just catch an episode, and you're going to be like, "Fuck, I was wrong." But it happens. It, it's okay. Honest, honest to God, I'm I'm talking to Will Piper this last week. We're doing the Don't Miss show, and then and then we we talk like for 20 minutes about All Star Superman and how it is awesome. And and then right before we hang up, he's like, "One more thing, Chris, before you go." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, I'll see you on Saturday, right?" Yep, yep, yep. Gonna go to the signing. He's like, "Yeah." And I just I can't believe that Jason hates. SpongeBob, SpongeBob. <laughs> I know. Uh, Sal, Sal, fucking te- direct message me out of nowhere, being like, "Dude, I lost a lot of respect for you." Like SpongeBob, I said for real, dude, for real. All the things that get you fired up, and that's what makes you lose respect for me, honestly. <laughs> uh, Chicago Sal, what's uh, it did? Yeah, yeah. Sal, really? Oh, Jason, yeah. he, there wasn't far to fall. Oh shit! True, it's true. Oh, leave him alone. He's so I, can't, I can't. I can't wait for you two to be in the same room together after a few bottles of wine, a couple shots of bourbon, and a beer or two. It's going to be fun. Oh boy! It's a little scary too, by the sound of it. <laughs> All right, should we bring this bad boy home? Come on! Yeah. Look at this. It is eleven o'clock. Comics. We're all the way up to 151, and I, I love it, and I am Vince B. Yes, you are, and I'm I have a secret. I got secrets. You talk all over first. I'm sorry. You're I in just, the intro, dude? Come on. How many times have we done this? A Come million. On. 151 episodes, apparently. According to the intro. And who are you? Oh, Mr. I didn't know if Chris was No, 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 no. I'll back it up. Yeah, oh, back it up right. to the Neesman. Who are you again, sir? I'm Christopher Neesman, but you can feel free to talk over me. Turned about his fair price. I just want you. Oh, I did it again. You did, dude. <laughs> oh my god, you are. And of course, I am back again, making you smile, bartender Isaac Washington. No, you're not, Isaac Aww. Washington. You, you had to do the thumbs and fingers, right? You're from the Love Boat. No, you're not. You're Jason Wood. And this 
mess of an episode is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com. Guess what? My buddies, the new list of discounts is up. You're not going to believe the, the, the slashing, the discounting, the, the, the wholesale raping of retail prices wow. at Discount Comic Book Service is unbelievable. Get this. Get this. The Hellboy being human one shot, 350 Nope. 53% off, $1.64. You can get the first issue of the Rocketeer Adventures miniseries. $3.99? I'm sorry, no. 50% off. Get the, look at the cast on this. Alex Ross, John Cassidy, Mike Allred, Kurt Busick, Mike Kaluda, Mike Mignola, Jim Silkey. You gotta get it. First of four, it's only gonna cost you $1.99. We got Palmiati and Gray over at Image with this Tattered Man one shot. Looks very interesting. Cover price, $4.99. Nope. $2.49. With, I know, like boys' pants. With art, by Noberto Fernandez, and there's an incentive cover by Amanda Connor. Oh, now. Yes, sexy-ass Amanda Connor. Uh, this Strange Adventures thing out of Vertigo with Lemire and Milligan and Snyder and the cover by Buckingham. I think Paul Pope's doing something uh, for it. Brian Azzarello and Rizzo are doing this Spaceman thing. I don't care about that, but I'm buying it for the rest of it. But seven ninety nine. dollars um, What? Seven, no, uh, no. Fucking hold on for a second. What? Yeah, it's, it's I, you know what? Matter, I, I've decided. I've decided this week, this past weekend, that I have this dumb. That I have disliked more of Azarello than I have than I have liked. Well, I'm I'm sorry. Azarello, it's the truth. I, can Rizzo, I, can Azarello, I don't care. Rizzo together it, on on paper Chocolate sounds good. Better, it sounds good on paper, but. Yeah. Oh, come on. So did so did Johnny Double. Um, so well, you got okay. Johnny Double was like the first thing that they did together. Then right. you have a hundred issues. You're of, bogarting my my promo of, here. Of Strange maybe, adventures. Maybe, maybe the best comic really? of the last decade. <laughs> see, and I apologize to our any new listeners. I don't like it. Not, I don't like it. You know, I don't like it. So here we go. Strange uh, Adventures, a mature reader's title for, from Vertigo. Seven ninety nine cover price. New $3.99. The Kirby Genesis out of Dynamite is only going to cost you $0.25. Are you, you going to read all of previews? Huh? It's the sponsor spot. This is sponsor spot. This is important because people can see. They can hear, actually, because oh, you they know, can't see. We didn't see. do the introducing new co-host, Chris Neesman, part of this episode. They can, they can, <laughs> they can experience the massive discounts at Discount Comic Book Service themselves. All the good stuff is slashed. This Kirby Genesis, that's like 75% off. You're getting it for a quarter. Oh, my God. Discount hey, believe, Comic Book uh, Service. Sorry, Vince. I believe isn't Martheus Wade got uh, his new version of Jetta up on there too this week? Yeah, and there's a special deal with that where you can yeah. download uh, instantly a digital version when you yes. when you pay for the the print version, and uh, that's pretty cool. There's another book you can do that with too. But get this, they're they're throwing twelve issue chunks of Dynamite books at you for like thirty five cents an issue again. Twelve mm -hmm. issue chunks of Army of Darkness, and I think there's uh, twelve of Red Sonia. Thirty five cents an issue. Oh my God! And I one Red Sonia books, any good? I don't. Sure. I don't know. I bought them way back when. And, yeah, they're uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually twenty five cents. I might rub, roll up in them. I'm, yeah. Hey. I mean, yeah. Grab, grab, grab a four issue run or so. Yeah, they're not bad. Four. Grab them all for four dollars. If you don't like them, well, throw them away. Go. 
Yeah. Uh, and when you're done with the physical stuff, you can shimmy on over to mydigitalcomics.com and check out their digital offerings. You can get uh, Duncan the Wonder Dog for nine ninety nine, a bunch of other comics for ninety nine cents. Instantly, instant gratification. Boom, right to your computer. MyDigitalComics.com, DCBService.com, InStockTrades.com. All .com, all, all comics all the time. Go, go see them. DCBService.com. And a lot of people going to be at a show coming up, what, 15, 12 days, 11 days? How many? Um, Like a week from today. Well, there you go. Eight, Push eight it. Days. Eight days. That's a, not a week. Yeah. Well, as this well, by the time people Beatles, listen to the according show, to the Beatles, it is, but not. Well, to Chris's point, if you're listening to the show, you're probably hearing it on Thursday, which it would be a week from from when you're listening to it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we we are of course talking about C2E2. Go to C2E2.com. It's going to be March 18th to the 20th. There's the Diamond Retailer uh, Summit or conference, whatever, on 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 Thursday. Um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, some of uh, some of comics' uh, best and brightest will be uh, converging upon the Windy City. Will White Piper Price Wood and David A. Price and uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Matt Fraction. Uh, yeah, Will 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 Piper, who I'm going to talk about a little bit later, um, will be there hanging with us. I don't think he has a table or anything. He might be signing over at, at DC. Um, but, you know, a lot of a lot of our buddies, uh, Ryan Stegman's going to be there, Jason Howard, Mike Norton, Scotty Young, uh, Tim Seeley. Uh, I'm excited. T uh, Terry Moore's going to be there. Uh, Paul Cornell. Um, yeah, just a, a big old awesome comic book convention if you're in the Chicago area or, you know, in the, the greater Chicago land area uh definitely cruise on in for it if you uh buy your tickets by the 14th uh you can get the whole weekend for 50 bones which is a pretty darn good deal or dollars if you pay in america you know what's even cars. better than 50 bones what? Mm. free that's better <laughs> free is good <laughs> we like free better. <laughs> we like free um so anyway, c2e2.com, go check it out. Uh, we're going to be there all weekend long. Uh, please, on Friday, if you are in attendance, come to the podcasters panel. There's going to be hosts from all of your favorite podcasts. And uh, I, I would imagine that we will probably leave from there directly to whatever um, bar and eatery that we plan on kicking the Friday night uh, festivities off. So it's a darn good place if you want to meet other 11 o'clock listeners uh, to go ahead and uh, and just plan on meeting up at the uh, at the podcasters panel. And we will go from there. How about that? Look at that. Sounds great. Uh -huh. Cool. Uh -huh. Yeah. I can't right. wait so much. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's oh, oh um I, I we haven't talked we've talked a little bit about it off show, but I may not be on next week's episode because I got some serious shit to try and pull together for this. Oh my God! We were going to record on Monday. You're not going to be able to make Monday. Are we going to record on Monday? Oh, okay, I'm good. Oh, I, I didn't know that we'd committed to that, but I will. Nobody's committing to anything. I mean, but if 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 we have to, I'll record on friggin' Sunday, you know. Or I could do it myself. Well, well, let's just do back to back tonight. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> no, no, that's instant death. You know, before we get into the drink roll call, I got to do a thank you. I got some more stuff in the mail. Yes, I did. This time from Canada's, one of Canada's finest, Canada. nice. Mr. Uh, Greg LeClaire, 
Greg wants to on our phone. Oh, it's Greg. He's awesome. Guess what he sent me? <laughs> Exo Manowar number one from Valiant and oh, nice. full chromium that gave full cover. The no, it's not. Barry, it's Barry not. Windsor Smith. It's it's not Mac. the chrome. No, Layton. Uh, and he sent oh, me Magnus Robot Fighter number two to number thirteen. How about that? Can there that? be Fleshing any doubt? Out? Vince is the favorite. Can there no. be any doubt? No, no. no I just Hopefully. said. I just said. Hey, you know what? I'm missing a couple valiants. If anybody has them, well, I would love to be able to hey, buy I'm them Fantastic from you. Four number fifty-two. Yeah, seriously. Um, so if anyone. That's is the, this yeah, going to be the convention? Is this it? Uh, it depends. Uh, it always depends on the, the uh, quality of the... Is going to be there? <laughs> He'll be there, but... I don't, uh, it, it totally depends on the, uh, the quality of the, uh, of the copies available, if people feel like making deals, and, uh, and then also what else I'm spending money on. So, yeah. uh, Christopher, for your information, um, Barry Windsor-Smith did the layouts, but uh, Leighton... And John Holridge did the ink. Okay, because uh, I, I knew that that that, that uh, uh, Barry Smith was. Yeah, he's he's yeah. the thumb the thumbprint's there. Yeah, so, I mean that yeah. that was him. I've been reading uh, Machine Man again. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which one? The four issue mini? That, yeah, the uh, four issue mini that, that yeah. Barry Windsor Smith. That's did. a cool one. Yeah, cool it's one. really pretty. Well, so I yes, we have to know what what Chris is drinking because clearly it's something good. Oh yeah, I. I <laughs> Man, it's been a week. Uh, so I came home and started out drinking a uh, little uh, little Jim Beam and Squirt, which you guys are are going to get introduced to next week. Um, but I have Mike Sims, uh, the, the KY comic guy, sent us J- Jim Beam and Squirt. Oh, okay. So you've had, you've already had yeah. the Nectar of the Gods. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get ready for more. Uh, but I've I've now uh, slowed down and moved on to uh, a local brew from. Uh, New Glarus, Wisconsin. This is a beer that is not uh, legally exported outside of the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> it is uh, uh, anything from New Glarus kind of stays in Wisconsin. So if you have friends that that take road trips um, to the cheese state, you always tell them to pick out you know some New Glarus for you. And uh, the probably the most popular beer from from that brewery is the Spotted Cow. But I am drinking the Totally Naked. Ooh. And I may or may not be wearing pants. Oh. Uh, it's uh, uh, just uh, a really nice, crisp uh, ale. Uh, it, it, it is kind of what the what the label says. It's a uh, it's it's just a pure crisp beer. Uh, it doesn't have a whole lot to hide. It's got some nice hop to it. But it's a uh, uh, as we're getting out of winter and moving into spring, it's kind of nice to be drinking some some beers that that aren't so heavy and so this is kind of getting me in the mood to to go out this is one of those uh uh could drink you know six or eight of them on a on a long summer afternoon and uh, and and just kind of enjoy yourself so yep the totally naked from new glass brewery um vince how about you uh yingling next next uh david uh grabbed a bottle of uh the bola again, uh Bartolino. <laughs> nice. Very nice. And Mr. Wood? Uh I'm having some uh unsweetened iced tea. Yummy. No, Hardcore. Oh, You're gonna be able to I know. 
<laughs> we're going to be able to use Wood's body to cut glass. Although, remember, though, folks, it's I'm a little bit going crazy. I got a little splash <laughs> of Splenda. I got a, some Splenda put up in there, though. So it's a little sweet. They're killing me, See, Marta. Marta, you know, Marta walks in and says, who's drinking the white Zen? I'm like, no, David's moved on. Um, but, uh, yeah, Wood, Wood's in training. He's drinking unsweetened tea. That's right, baby. <laughs> That's right. What she said? Training for what? <laughs> Life. Life. Tell her, He's going to win. Tell her, okay. Tell her she'll, she'll find out next Thursday. He said, oh, he said you'll find out next Thursday. Ooh. So, to be like the first. So, this is what sex feels like. Oh, so, oh, oh, oh. In the house. Did I'm you see like that? I'm develop in that place. <laughs> <laughs> it, rub it down. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Flip it. Uh, All right. So, you're going to be in Canada, aren't you? Canada. Okay. Nice. My 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 wife's my she may be in Canada curling mm-hmm. while we're at the con. Oh boy! In in yeah. an effort to make this the longest introduction pre comic talk ever, I have lost. seriously. Uh, first of all, a quick thanks to Mr. Derek Coward, uh, as well as uh, right. people out there who uh, Derek does a, a an annual awards uh, show focused all on podcasting called the Noisy Awards, uh, voted on by his listeners, and uh, we were. Um, uh, fortunate enough to be the recipient of uh, best group podcast uh, this year. So, um, thanks very much to Derek and uh, and and his listeners for that. Uh, very cool. And and thank uh, you, Derek, for playing five straight minutes of Neesman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was saying, it's <laughs> five minutes of me going. Uh, uh, it's like what the hell. I love and it. I, did, I wasn't that be- nice enough to let us be on his show. No, That's the true. best part about that, and and the winner is Eleven O'clock Comics featuring Christopher Neesman, Jason Wood, David A. Price, and Vince B. <laughs> like thirty <laughs> seconds in between. What the hell, yeah, and, Derek? And who and who would have thought that that a clip that would have you know been designed to showcase what the show is about would be me <laughs> rambling I, on? I know. I know. No anal rape. Nothing. Well, no, not to no. mention that uh, Matinee Idols won for best non-comic <laughs> podcast, and, and it was fucking Chris talking when he was on the phone about Fight Club. I, I was like, so, <laughs> we we do know where Derek's loyalties lie. Much like yeah. our show, they actually have funny guys on the show that are worth listening to and then they throw Chris on there talking about fucking David Fincher. I was like, what? Yeah, I'm everywhere, Jason. It's true. And then the last thing, certainly not least, it relates to C2E2. Um, People have heard us mention Brian Stringer before. He's the guy that uh, did all of our tattoos last year. He's going to be tatting me up this year. Um, It's official now. I had mentioned it a few weeks ago, but I hadn't brought it up again because they weren't sure if it was going to actually come through, but it's official on eBay now. Um, Cliff Chang, artist extraordinaire, and Brian uh, are doing a charity uh, initiative with the Hero Initiative. Uh, on eBay, you can just search eBay for Cliff Chang or Brian Stringer or Tattoo or C2E2. It'll all come up. But uh, for I think it runs until March 16th. They are um, they're doing a thing. 100% of the proceeds go right to the Hero Initiative. Uh, if you win, um, Cliff Chang will do a, I think it's 8x10 um, pencil and I think uh, inked... Uh, uh, you know, uh, illustration of your choice, and you get to keep the art. And then on top of that, Stringer will tat you up uh, on Saturday with that image. So um, you got to be 18 or over, and you got to actually want to get tattooed. But uh, it's pretty cool. I'm looking at the listing now, and uh, it's already got eight bids, and they're up to 200 bucks. And I think it went up today. So uh, so yeah, if uh, if you feel like getting a tattoo anyway, then it's uh, probably a worthwhile uh, endeavor. So very cool, try. very cool. Yeah. A Cliff Chang tattoo. Yeah. And the yeah. art too. You get to keep the art too, which yeah. is 
I mean, a, a Cliff Chang commission, eight by ten commission. I mean, I, I I don't know for sure, but I'm I would be shocked if it wasn't two three hundred bucks just for the commission. So yeah, you get the commission plus plus stringer. You know, I mean, you're, you're definitely you know uh, you could bid a lot more than that and, and be just getting a fair price, much less a charitable price. So you know, truth. Yeah, Chang Chang's awesome. He's I mean, serious. He is so. Good. Hey guys, you often reference your elusive female listening audience and to the best of my recollection there's never been any voicemails or any emails or anything that has justified my existence on your uh, your podcast so I thought I'd just call and say hi you do actually have at least one female listener her name is Susan she is from Houston, and uh, perhaps this might generate some more responses for you from the ever-so-elusive female people that are willing to listen to your podcast on a weekly basis. So, thanks, guys. I really do enjoy listening to you, and uh, have a lovely rest of February. Bye. i got to ask a favor of you guys, if you would indulge me. You want us to walk out of the room while you talk about something? No, 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 no. I want to. I have a lot because I read twenty-one issues of this book. Oh and boy! If I sit down and <laughs> and just say, "Okay, this is what happened in these twenty-one issues," it's going to take a long time. So I'm just going to let <laughs> yeah, let, let me so. let me just set it up. Let me set this thing up. What and exactly then maybe, are you asking us to concede to? I want to tell you a little story. <laughs> okay, we there once was a race of peaceful beings. Wandering the stars in search of a home. It's all they wanted was a planet to call their own. Sick of living in spaceships. They just wanted some nice uh, terra firma under the, their feet. And their race was called the Krylon. Uh, but unfortunately, these guys were led by a, a savage, megalomaniacal despot named Emperor Kerr. This guy was a bastard. Uh, but unfortunately, the fleet encounters Earth. And the, against the advice of his scientific advisors, Kerr deems the planet absolutely perfect for their needs, uh, even though there is a race of people, us, living on the planet, who he deems less than intelligent, and um, orders the creation of a biological weapon that will eradicate the human scum from the planet, leaving our buildings and resources intact. Isn't that nice? It's a nice guy. Totally. But behind the scenes... Kerr's scientists plot to remove him from his seat of power any way they possibly can. Uh, looking uh, ahead, they sacrifice the life of a beautiful woman named uh, Gita. We see when Emperor Kerr has sex, he likes it raw. He likes it rough, and it usually oh, baby, means I, like it. I know. And it usually it usually means the end of the life of the woman who was foolish enough to lay down with him. So uh, the panel is is really uh, disgusting. You see the woman's body all ripped apart. Yeah, he, and, he gives uh, new meaning to blowing it out the back. I know he 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 takes liberties with women, but the I'm scientists. So happy that I know who you're t what you're talking about. See, I thought good. I'm glad you know. But so uh, the first this week. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm laying it down, <laughs> and then later on I'm gonna come back like a boomerang, like Australian. Oh, nice. So. Oh, like so now like these the scientists harvested the uh, fertilized egg from the, the remains of the woman and put it on ice for when they would need an heir to lead their people because, see, they're planning the demise of Emperor Kerr, and that's exactly what they do. They uh, get him in a position where they blow his brains out, 
literally just blow his brains out right out of his head. But see, Emperor Kerr has a an insane healing factor, much like Wolverine. He yeah, gets better really quickly. So uh, they replace his memories with five days of captured Earth satellite feeds. And they jettison his ass from the ship, sending him, uh, sending him hurtling towards Earth, where he's found naked in a burning lot, confused, amnesiac. And that's where and, I meet him. And then that's where we met him way back when in the first issue of his long-running comic magazine. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Later on when I come back. If you don't uh, know, shame on you. Yeah, I know. I know. If you, don't, if you didn't get it. Damn you, you should be reading it. But So when the boomerang flips right back around on the return trip, and then I'll tell you what it is. So now and you then, guys go. Then you're going to tell us about the second issue? No, <laughs> then I'm going to tell you about the next... I'm going to tell you about the next 21 issues. Nice, I love it. That's not nice, David. Oh, I love you it. know, I there, love there's you, something dude. to be said about detail. i got to set it up. This book is worth it. It's complex, well, it's, it's dense. It's, yeah. Do it. Now you go. Whoever wants to go. Who's got something? I hope you're playing along at home. Uh, I, I read well, uh, I and mean, he does. Say what? Go, go, Dad. I think you took a big pause and a sigh. I did because well, yeah. I was going to ask you a question, but I'll I'll talk about Ooh, this me? first. Yes, but I'll, okay. I'll talk about this first, and then maybe we can go back to that. Um, I read Comic Book Comics number five, the All Lost. Ah, nice, nice. And I got to the last page, and and I I felt sad. Wow. Because it says the next issue, well, not only just because it's the end of the issue, but it says next issue, the future of comics, plus the history of manga, the birth of graphic novels, and more, comic book comics number six, June 2011, final issue. Ooh, that's not good. I did not yeah. know it was a six issue. Well, I mean, I it, it, it was, it's, yeah. they can only, there's only so much history. And and you're right, and it can, but it's something that, you know, how, is, how often does... Well, I think 300 issues out? of the Comics Journal would... Uh, I... <laughs> as often well. as, as 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 few issues per year we get of this, they could keep it going and just yeah. you know add maybe, to it as it goes on. But maybe well, it's, a, know, maybe it's, it's a maybe it's a graceful bow though. They can always come back for you know comics, yeah, comics, comics. Yes. you know yes. 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 And uh, David, isn't this the all lawsuit issue? This really is, and and uh, and if, so who's uh, on the front? Who's on the front? You got some Howard the Duck down in the corner. Yep. And who else? Uh, you got some... That ugly bastard. That ugly bastard in the middle. Over there. <laughs> Who is the ugly bastard in the middle? Isn't Stan on the front? I don't think so. No? Oh, you're there. No, I don't <laughs> think there's any Stan. Sorry. He's oh. <laughs> an ugly bastard. Ugly bastard. Uh, this, this, I mean, it, it touches on a lot of things that previous issues have uh, have touched on. If, if anybody has read um, Men of Tomorrow, uh, there are things that Gerard Jones talked about, wrote about in that book that are also referenced in here. You, you find out what um, Siegel and Schuster did when they sold Superman and what they tried to do to have DC compensate them later on after the fact. There was a neat little Smallville season one uh, Easter egg in one of the panels for the three people that probably know what I'm talking about. There's um, yes. there, there's a reference to Bob Kane and Bill Finger and and mm -hmm. and how Bob Kane kind of sold Joe and Jerry out by telling DC what Joe and Jerry were planning to do. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, so so that and and in doing so also worked out a pretty sweet new contract for Bob Kane. Oh, he got so, him where he fit in. Yep. 
Uh, it, it, it goes kind of all over the place because we, um, while we're talking, while we're finding out about Superman's history legally, it's, uh, we, we jump to the future with what, um, Joe and Jerry did in, in their golden years and, and, um, and, and into the, I guess, mid seventies where, uh, were with Neil Adams. They, they, uh, or mostly because of Neil Adams working on making sure that, um, that creators, especially Joe and Jerry, were, were then credited from that point forward with being the, uh, the creators of Superman. We find out what, um, the Copyright Act of 1976 and, and, uh, why some artists, namely Jack Kirby, didn't get their artwork back and what was done to get some of his artwork back and, uh, and we find out a little bit about Howard Duck and Blade and Josie and the Pussycats and and um, who owns what and who wasn't given credit for what the uh, the 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 Air Pirates are written about in this. There, there's some pretty it, there is as much as I knew before reading this issue. It just opened my eyes to a whole lot. More. I mean, it, there's so much you may know about comic books, reading comic book comics, but the the work that Van Lanthe and and, and when Dunleavy brings it to life, it's just it, it's amazing. Yeah, for sure, it's a great. I, I'm look. I'm sure. Well, I'm not. I would assume they're going to do a similar treatment once they're done that six issue, like they did with the complete action philosophers. And yes, that'll right. be a nice, nice uh, companion to to that one on the shelf. And Definitely. it will take you 100 years to read. <laughs> it's true. It's chock full. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. so dense. I, I bought Action Philosophers, what, two years ago? I'm still not done with no, it. No, it was last yeah, C3 2. We, we oh, was it the last one? I bought mine, yeah. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm still not finished. I don't even think yeah. I'm a quarter of the way through it. It's just dense. Mm-hmm. It's like cheese. But we, uh, you know, you find out what, what happened with with um, with Captain Marvel and Fawcett, and then mm-hmm. when, when DC won oh. their lawsuit, and then what, um, what that meant to the UK comics, because apparently Captain Marvel comics were huge sellers in uh in the uk so oh, sure. they had to move things around and they came up with marvel man and yay had to become mm-hmm. miracle man and and captain so and, and then then there's lawsuits really involved with that, that too yeah they 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 did because they um they they mentioned how it became um marvel man and dc kind of was like hey you know what it's it, it, it's all right let them have their because uh, the, the funny little cartoon the, the the panel is is Lois Lane yelling at at uh, Superman saying that you know mm-hmm. they they're doing what they're doing in the UK is just what Wiz Comics did and you sued Wiz Comics why aren't you going after these guys and it's like well you know they're all the way over in England I'll I'll do it tomorrow and and they have uh they they then talk about how Captain Marvel comics can't be called Captain Marvel comics anymore because at this point Marvel came in and gave us the uh the Cree captain and yep. uh and yeah the this is actually a few panels, dense panels, about Alan Moore using some of his quotes from various interviews and, and all the work that that he did even before working in comics because he mm-hmm. uh, he was expelled from school at uh, at seventeen for um, being the world's most inept LSD dealer. Nice, and, <laughs> and, yeah. So uh, and and he um, he's thinking about you know all the all the. Uh, the stories he could tell, and and he was thinking primarily, according to this, of of, uh, of Harvey Kurtzman and uh, and working with Wally Wood and and the deconstruction of of uh, the Man of Steel with Super Duper Man. But he he then um, I guess stumbles across Marvel Man and going to make Anglo and and said, you know, I want to uh, do something with this character, and and that's kind of where Marvel, which eventually became Miracle Man, 
came about and and then yeah it does touch a little bit about um what uh what where the who owns what now when it comes to miracle man because you know when when todd bought eclipse and and you know thinking that that also included all the miracle man stuff but i guess because it was a different deal and and alan moore pretty much gave um was it gary leach the uh his portions of well well gaiman took over the writing of it uh oh no buckingham i think i think buckingham Buckingham and said you know listen he, he gets Oh, it gets, it gets so worked out. Yeah. yeah, so it's just, I mean, they really don't even bother trying to. And then, to then Todd re- releases the wonderful Man of Miracles statue. <laughs> the statue? Like, mm-hmm. Gee, I wonder who really? that's supposed to be, Todd. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it just focuses on lawsuits. It's not like, you know, oh, it's the fifth issue. I'm, I'm really going right. to be it's, it's It's a great standalone book in, in this does it uh get into any image stuff or like the McFarlane uh like uh uh the like gaming stuff or any of that does it touch there that? is let's see there was a um oh you know what I want to say yes because uh well sort of um the only time you really they, they really reference gaming is is when our fighting with um with Todd over Miracle Man they really don't go mm-hmm. into the whole Angela stuff okay um yeah, and it 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 ends with uh, with an image of Fred Valenti hanging himself, trying to figure <laughs> out um, because it says. Uh, but in two thousand nine, Marvel Comics crossed the Atlantic and bought the rights to Marvel Man from his original creator, the now ninety three year old Mick Anglo. Mm-hmm. Where does that leave the legal status of Miracle Man? He goes, well, it's quite simple, really. Uh, Miracle Man came to be because Superman said that Captain Marvel was a copycat, putting him out of business, thus turning him into Marvel Man so he could live on in Britain. But upon coming to America 30 years later, the character became Miracle Man to placate Marvel Comics. But now that Marvel owns Marvel Man, that clearly means that... Uh, and then there's oh Fred Oh, my God. So, so, yeah. I don't blame uh, him. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, and, and that's when we cut to uh, the inside cover of the next. You, you got to think writing uh, any issue of comic book comics is like doing a thesis with the amount of, oh, of, yeah. of, of yeah. information yeah. included yeah. in each issue. It's crazy. No wonder they only did six of them. Yeah, and, uh, well, right. You think about all the stuff that that, uh, that I mean, and they're they're making a living doing other stuff. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. you know that uh, yeah, it's a Herculean effort to say the least. Ah, very nice. Her hey, I uh, like that. Uh, I got that so I haven't read it yet. I can't wait to like read that. it. You packed Dude, a lot a, of it's, it's, a funny it's, in that. You like that, right? It's a timely uh, it. read, David, considering uh, the stuff that uh, was on Bleeding Cool today. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't even get a chance to check out the site. Oh, he... So, uh, the, 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 the Kirby Kirby stuff? Yeah, he he. Uh, I mean, it's public record, but he uh, he went ahead and posted uh, transcripts of um, all of the uh, deposit. Well, not of of some of the depositions from uh, Kirby Kirby family versus Marvel. Um, it was um, he posted. Uh, let's see, uh, Mark Evanier, um, Stan, uh, his brother Larry, uh, Roy Thomas, and um, Romita. Uh, he posted all of their uh, depositions. Uh, in the case, and it's uh, it's fascinating stuff. I, I mean, I I, uh, I I read them all today on the way home, yeah. and uh, it's uh, it's fascinating them. stuff. I have to say again, um, not a lawyer, it. so if lawyers have have, have they right. have completely different opinions, but um, but having read it, I, uh, I 
again, not I'm making no judgment on what actually happened, but reading the depositions, it certainly seems to me that uh, the Marvel lawyers uh, are uh, far more effective uh, de- deposers than uh, than the Kirby attorneys. Uh, put it that hey, way. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jason. Yeah. You yeah. know, we, we talked about it before. You know, you you manage hedge funds and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and you're part of a firm. If over the first ten years of your career, you do incredibly well and and are very very profitable for your company does that mean that you should own the company uh well no although i don't really see how that's germane to the kirby lawsuit so, with, with kirby the guy was an employee of oh my god marvel well oh my uh, you know god. it's i mean i don't know that we want to I mean, take the the moment to rehash all of the argument because again i, I would I, yeah. all i'm saying is i i would encourage a lot of people seem to be passionate about this, but it also seems to be fair that a lot of people have argued both sides without having really any window into what actually happens. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, you know. Well, no, no. So all I'm saying, I, what, I, is, what I, is it? I, wait, I, wait. I what does it mean when you man, see spots in front of your eyes? What I understand the man's greatness, but he was a, a work for hire creator for that. Well, company. What I would recommend I is that I, anyone I that's don't, interested I don't in understand this, what's, you know, read what the depositions because I think that. Um, again, this topic has come up a lot over the years, and I've seen a lot of people be very passionate about both sides. But to that point, neither side, to my mind, has really had much fact to back it up. Um, so the one I thought was most interesting is, not surprisingly, is Evan Ear, because he was actually brought in by the Kirby estate as an expert witness um, in favor of Kirby's side of things, obviously. And, you know, Evan Ear has... Can, been considered by many to be a Kirby expert. He's he's, he's obviously written a lot of stuff yeah. about Kirby. He's written a book but, about but Kirby. He's given, what what are they? Chris, what are they suing for? What are they suing for? If you haven't read the depositions, then you can't. I mean, yeah. if you want to know what they're suing for, read the depositions. They're public okay. record. But well, the point is that Evan Ear was brought in as an expert for the Kirby estate, and so I found his deposition fascinating because um, he makes his viewpoints very clear. But when asked. On the record, he also unfortunately has to say that, yes, of course, he wasn't in the room, and everything oh. he's basing his viewpoints on is hearsay. Oh, that's, so oh, that's where it gets rough. I mean, he, or, he's, or Jack say, because that's where he got right, the information from. Right. Again. He says yeah. exactly that he was that Jack, and, and it, it, it's unfortunate, and again, this is legal. Like, uh, you know, I, Evan Ear has been very open about the fact that, that, that uh, Kirby unfortunately didn't have the best memory at times and had been on the record as saying things that were clearly untrue. I and, know. And in the context of this, that's difficult because they bring that up, and they also bring up the fact that Evan Ear's, you know, that, that, that was, is like a son to him, and that, you know, so. Um, but, but it was just fascinating reading. And again, I, I, to be, I'm, I know we have lawyers listening, like Campbell and other people. I'm sure we have plenty of attorneys listening. I'd be curious if, what their take is, because again, I'm not a lawyer, but reading it from a layman's standpoint, but, but having some experience in reading depositions and stuff for, on, for, you know, when I'm, right, in company, when companies I've invested in have been involved in lawsuits. Um, it, 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 it seemed to me like, I didn't see too many like shocking like oh man that's gonna help Kirby's argument family out. It, it seemed yeah. to me like a lot like oh boy I don't know like like again it, and it's not about what actually happened like I'm not I don't want to sit here and say because uh, I know Vince is very passionate about the other stuff so I don't want to sit here and say that Kirby didn't have ownership in this that he no. didn't get a whole deal but all I want to say is that again this case is about what can be legally proven and the judge even brought up in fact it was interesting there was a big argument in the beginning of the Evanier t- uh, deposition where the judge made it very clear, and it's in the deposition, that he was willing to let Evanier speak, but that he was having a difficult time 
accepting that he would be able to use Evanier's testimony in any decision he renders because ultimately Evanier was offering opinion based on things he heard from one of the key plaintiffs and not based right. on any other facts. And so, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, I, I know the case is ongoing, but it just was interesting. And I, I would be, the, the, I also didn't know that other Marvel artists or creators really had an opinion one way or the other. And Romita and Roy Thomas, like, were emphatically, yes, we knew from Jump we were for hire. It said it on our checks. It always yeah. did. Stan made all the calls. Sure, at some points other people were involved, but Stan always had final say. Uh, and that's the way it was. And, uh, and so again, you know, I'm sure conspiracy theorists are going to say, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're getting grift to say that and they made their careers at Marvel. I, again, maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. But the point is, is they under oath said it. So, you know, unless you're going to produce some smoking gun that, 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 a, that, a, an elderly, you know, and, and well-respected guy like, like Thomas or Romita are lying for the sake of protecting Stan's fortune. It was, to me, seemed pretty, pretty damning testimony if you're going to argue that Kirby's family deserves, uh, ownership of any of that so um interesting stuff though again I, I know it's something a lot of people are interested in and for for the first time in a long time you actually have a chance to get a window into the factual contentions of the case without like arguing either side without really knowing what they're claiming so um it, it's definitely worth a read and i have to tip rich johnson uh for for putting it out there because uh because you know it's i don't know if i've seen other sites put it up yet so kudos to him neat yeah yeah well, as as a as a basically a work for hire graphic designer, I've got different opinions on it, and I usually side with with artists on it. But man, whenever you work for a company and you create things, the company owns it. I mean, that's just that's how it is. That's how it's always been. Now, Vince, did you know that? Uh, you probably know this. I didn't know this. Though, that uh, that Kirby pitched the majority of the uh, of the fourth world characters to Marvel, and they didn't have an interest. I had read that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're all fussy. Yeah, you're a little spotchy, sorry. Uh, but yeah, it was just uh, Evanier talked about that. That just he, you know, that uh, the pretty much dark side and a lot of the uh, a lot of the uh, the fourth world characters were were pitched to Marvel and, and uh, they just weren't interested. So he kept them, you know, to, for himself and then brought them to DC and, and obviously the rest is history in that regard. But um, yeah, it was it's definitely interesting reading. If there you go, instead of instead of publishing them by himself, he went to another company that had the capital to publish them. Nobody, nobody published their own stuff back then. Can't hear you. You're all scratchy. Yeah. Uh, he said nobody published their own stuff back then. That's true. I mean that is true. Uh, I mean Stanley those, published his stuff. Oh Jesus Christ! This freaking freaking Stan wasn't the publisher. <laughs> You're all verklempt. Hey, I know uh I know Kieran Gillen is uh is, is a beloved writer for a lot of people and he's been getting a lot of X run, but uh like have anyone heard him talk about like the the Akira homage that was the first few issues of Generation Hope? Because, like it was like pretty much Akira, and I was sort of oh, like, shit. <laughs> well, I was just like, I mean, I'm, it, it was so much Akira though that I'm sure that was intentional. Like, I'm sure he was like, you know what, we're gonna make one of the new lights Akira because that would be cool. Like, what a, you know, but it was just sort of like, wow, it's 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 Akira. Like, okay, uh, am I the only one that read Generation Hope? Probably. Yes. Probably. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It's it just uh, I I read the last few issues and and uh, it's. You know, hope uh, in we as we I think we talked about you know hope can she's awakening mutants and she had the five lights was a, a X Men arc where she she there were five Cerebo picked up five new mutants, uh, the first four 
they find and they're you know they're for the good now i guess you could say they're part of hope's crew the fifth one they don't get to in time and he's he's kind of evil and fucked up and he's it's but it's a cure you know he he can meld flesh and matter and you know he's in a his own zoned out world japanese kid and just just uh they you know they they get to they get to japan and he's he's devastated like a nuclear blast surrounding him he's sitting in you know like a nuclear blast level of the city and um you know he's just morphing into all these different shapes and mom it's just uh you know uh wow it sounds pretty close Dude, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It was like, <laughs> it was sort of like, what if Akira existed yeah. in the 616, you know? So, again, I'm sure it was intentional because it, 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 I don't see how it couldn't have been. But right. um, but uh, just, I haven't heard. And else, if I see him at a con or something, I'll, I'll definitely ask him. I presume that was what you're going for. But it just was kind of like, and I, I guess I'm also <laughs> curious, those who are reading it, like how many didn't realize it because they don't know about Akira. There's probably a decent amount that maybe have no, no frame of reference for that. So Yeah. You know, but right. uh, anyway, that's that's raw. You're all better now if you want to. Good. Make a point. No, I, I oh about the Kirby stuff. No, I've oh. I've made my peace with that. I I yeah. he, the the man's not it, here it, anymore. It, well, if I Jack mean, were I mean, still alive, I would be right up there on the pulpit, slamming my fist against the. Exactly. But exactly. Jack is gone. For yeah, and, that's and, actually a really good for, point uh, too. Because for us as fans, does whatever happen with this, does it diminish the greatness of his creative achievement? No. Nothing could possibly do that. Then who fucking cares? Well, people need to get paid. His and, granddaughter and, cares. Right, and people need to make a point, and once Marvel and... What do you uh, mean people need to make a point? They need to make a... They need to set a precedent yeah, once... A point, of, a point about what? That mm-hmm. he was a great creator? A uh, point made. No, they need to make a precedent that this is how it was back then. If there any, are the any, made. No. The precedents made. People are their creator-owned comics exist now. They didn't back then. I, that I know, but it, so it, this is this is deal? the granddaddy of creators. This is the so, this is so. So, so his grandchildren. You, you, look, you can't money. be flippant about a guy that created every Not bit flippant. of. No, I listen. Think, the I, guy I, I, created I, I, every bit of raw material this company has used for the past fifty years. I think he's one of the great creative fountainheads in he, the history of. He is the fountainhead. That I absolutely am right. passionate about. And they about. need to nail I, this down. They need to say, okay, this is over. No more right, talking right. about Kirby. No more, you know, Kirby's 12th okay, grandson. Okay. So, no so more. Vince, so, so Vince, they, they give the Fantastic Four to Kirby's grandchildren. And that's say, not what I'm saying. No, no, no. You can't publish them that's, anymore. Listen, that's what's, not what I'm saying. Yeah, what's going to happen? That's not what I'm saying. Close the mouth for a second. What I'm saying is Marvel needs to put an end to this. Because put an end to what? The, the the Kirby con- concession or the Kirby claim to the, the 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 characters they need to stop it they need to forevermore say these are our characters Jack had a hand in creating them these are ours and once they do that all this shit ends ja- yeah, Jack I think that's true you know they they yeah. need to co- calm the waters because yeah, you what were, you're saying it's right Vincent which is that is that look again everyone has I think there's a difference between what people the outcome people want to have happen yeah and what should happen and what will happen and I think what you're saying is is well, I think we clearly know where you fall into what you would like to see happen. oh my but, god I would but, love but, to but see Jack saying you're accepting that's probably not the way it's going to go but yeah. either way let's get it over with yeah I don't believe his death. children or his children's children should get anything from this Mm-hmm. I, okay. I don't. I don't think that's the way it should work. I believe. I would love to have turned back the clock and have Jack yeah. lived a wonderful 
life where he's just lighting cigars with you know thousand dollar bills that'd be great that's right. that's what i would have loved to see but now ah, it's kind of hollow these yeah, people it's, don't it's deserve uh, you know they they didn't really do anything mm-hmm. they're just lucky he, to be born for with the same blood yeah if that's he all. was alive too i do think that would have mattered because obviously it, although it still would have come down to he said he said you know if the right, man himself right. was saying directly contradicting the testimony of Stan and others, then yes, yeah. then you'd have a different situation. And I would love to see them end this. Just finish it. Finish the case. Yeah. We Marvel wins, great. No more Kirby uh, grabs for the for the characters. Just end it. Because then you can, you know, go back to concentrating on just how goddamn great Jack was. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's I mean, all we need. point where it's like, okay, it exists. You yeah, know? you can't do what, anything who, about it now. Who, who who created it is is almost secondary, especially whenever they're fucking dead. It's yeah. like you know we we know we know what Jack Kirby was. Oh yeah, and there's no there's no denying that. I tell you, but, but what back in the day when Jack and Roz did the interview with Gary Groth for the Comics Journal, right. I would I would love to have been in that room just to say <laughs> Roz. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! You're not helping Jack's case. Yeah. She, because she was like, "Oh yes, he created Nick Fury, and he created the Black Panther, and he created the Thing, and the Fantastic Four, and everything." And Jack's like, "Yeah, I did. I created Iron Man, and I did the Hulk, and just everything. Those staples that Marvel used to put the books together—that's a Kirby creation." Yeah. And, and Roz yeah, was pushing as a, as a fucking <laughs> like as a absolute automaton, and it could be because the gentleman's older now, and maybe. You know, he seemed to be very uncomfortable in a deposition. Uh, was uh, was Larry Lieber? Uh, oh. I mean, he he uh, he. You know, he because he basically in the deposition says, "I you know, uh, my job was to write scripts." What did that mean? Well, I, he, he even says, "Like I, how did you get that job?" Well, I I was Stan's brother, and I needed to make a living. Uh-huh. So <laughs> so they made him hire me, and then he's like, "I I just did what he told me," and so he hand me. He said he handed. He told me he had, I needed to write a story about Thor. And uh, he's like, I was really proud. I created the Uru Hammer. And then they're like, Well, where'd you come up with the name? And he's like, I don't remember. He's like, I th- he's like, Stan always liked it. I could just make stuff up. He's like, I came up with the name Donald Blake out of the blue. And uh, you know, and it was like, Well, your scripts. I mean, what were they? And he was like, Well, they were scripts. You know, I, I, I and he's like, Oh, but okay, but did you come up with the ideas? And he's like, No, they, they were, they were stands. And it was, but it was just like, it was just like, and they're like, Well, so is it fair to say you helped create Thor and Iron Man? He's like, No. Well, did you write the scripts? Yeah, I wrote the script for for the first issue of Thor and the first issue of Iron Man. Oh, but you didn't. He's like, well, no, I didn't create them. I I, I just did what Stan told me. Stan oh. told me what the plot was going to be, and then I wrote I wrote words for it. That's and, uncomfortable uh, just hearing yeah, it secondhand. It was. It was <laughs> okay. And then he kept he kept I guess answering too quickly so that the um his attorneys I guess in a, you know the way that position works is um it's not like in a courtroom where an objection is like the judge it, it's it's in a deposition. Someone can ask a question. The, the attorney can ask a question, and then um, and then the other side can object. But it's just for the record. You know, it's not like if they object, and so usually then they're instructed to then answer the question anyway. And then when it goes to court, the judge can decide if he's going to admit it or not. Anyway, but so so you're supposed to kind of pause between each question so that your attorney can object or not. And I guess Larry kept answering like right away. So finally, <laughs> his attorney interjects, and he's like, "Larry, we need you to stop." And stop answering and give me a few seconds to object because I have to object before you answer the question or it doesn't count. So like, then like he must have started like really pausing because because it's all I'm just reading the script. Then like I guess he must have started really pausing because then they're like, okay, you can answer the question now. It's okay, you can answer now. And he's like, am I pausing enough? <laughs> My good boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. All right, you know, speak. Speaking of Thor, mm-hmm. Thor pops up in that book I was talking about at the beginning of the show. 
course he does. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm just going to give. Yes, he does. I'm just going to give you another chunk, and then I'll hand it off to Chris because I don't want to take too much time. I, I like out of stretch. <laughs> no, I don't because this is a very complicated book. Okay, so now you have Emperor Kerr stripped of his mind. Uh, as memory stripped of his personality, sent to Earth, found in a burning field. Do you know who it is, David? I do. do you, Wood knows who it is. Does Chris know who it is? I have no idea. Savage wow. Dragon. Savage yeah. Dragon. Chicago cop. Amnesiac. Fights the vicious uh, circle. This uh, superpowered crime organization. Uh, more often than not, under the command of um, this mysterious over overlord. I always have a problem saving that. Saying that. Overlord, it's the beer. So now, let me give you a little bit of history. Dragon fathers a child with a woman named Sharona Jackson, a.k.a. Rapture. The, uh, mama. the baby boy named Malcolm is removed from the hospital by this nasty Covenant of the Sword organization and replaced with a double. That doesn't fare too well. Okay. Uh, Dark Lord kills Rapture. Mr. Glom uses the God Gun to take over the world. He loses, flees to Dimension X with Jennifer Murphy's daughter Angel. Now, in his teens, Malcolm and another version of Angel find their way out of Dimension X. Chicago police precinct destroyed. Dragon's kids kidnapped. Enter Daredevil. And that's where this begins in issue 148 of Savage Dragon. Uh, obviously not the Marvel version of Daredevil. But but the uh, Lev Gleason, Jack uh, Binder, Jack, Jack, yeah, Jack Cole, Golden Age character, uh, recently seen in Dynamite's Project Superpowers. Anybody can use this dude. He's public domain. Yep. Uh, and it, it's really cool. As the, all the Jack Kirby characters should be. The Image Comics uh, version of Daredevil, uh, Solar Man, captured and imprisoned superheroes and siphoned their powers to augment his own and uh, daredevil was freed after savage dragon killed solar man so okay you have the daredevil running around with his own version of the newsboy legion a uh, group of sidekicks called the little wise guys and now here's where it gets complicated savage dragon is attacked and killed by a creature later dubbed virus that consumed a large portion of his brain in the process but thanks to Dragon's regenerative powers, Dragon's blood takes over the creature, transforming its body into a kind of sort of looking old savage dragon we know and love. Uh, and it has a bit of his memories, but there's other stuff in there too. So Dragon's corpse is put on ice back at Rex Dexter's lab, just in case. But wait. You get a new overlord appears on the scene, one with very different uh, goals from the past versions of Overlord. Long story short, Overlord kills Dragon, blows him to smithereens, and reduces most of his body and brain to wet, sticky slop, and the vicious circle steal Dragon's blood and create an army of dragon-powered villains. Uh, which works to a point. There are some setbacks, namely, initially the villains would explode, but they they worked through that, and uh, so now you got a bunch of guys looking like Savage Dragon running around. You got Overlord who has changed the name of the Vicious Circle to just the Circle, and he's uh, a complete 180 from the old Overlord. All he wants is a fair shake for freaks. Freaks have been getting the wet end of the stick for way too long. They need to be considered as uh, you know productive member of members of society. We need integrated integration in, into society. That's what Overlord wants. But he's still killing people in the background. Okay, so then 
the body parts that they found after Overlord killed Dragon begin to regenerate. What? Into this hideous multi-personality dragon which makes its way back to Rex Dexter's lab where it's eventually put on ice and Malcolm you know my daddy's not dead he's coming back he gives a blood transfusion to his father's brain-eaten corpse which regenerates the dragon but this is where it gets really cool because there's so much brain damage he regenerates not with the savage dragon's memories that we know but the memories of who Emperor Kerr isn't that cool? And he goes on a freaking rampage in a six-part Dragon War and six-part Emperor Dragon storyline. Kerr does a, a whole mess of evil shit. He he steals Vanguard's teleportation device. Remember Vanguard, David? Yeah. Which gives him the ability to pop up anywhere. Anywhere in the world he wants. Anywhere in the, the galaxy he wants to, he can nice get there. talent to have. It is. He kills... The Dark World version of Savage Dragon. I don't. You, if you don't read the book, Savage Dragon had a nasty doppelganger from Dark World, plagued him for a lot of issues, kills him, pounds his head into paste, erases most of the dragon-powered vicious circle goons, kills Neutron Bob, banishes Rex Dexter, Hordus, and Hordus's child to Dimension X. He claws out Thor's eyes. The God Thor. Not not just a guy that is named Thor, the god Thor. Impri Real deal, Holyfield Thor. He imprisons Vanguard and Wally, slaughters Open Face and Octopus, kills Mr. Glom, rips his little red head off, and he kill uh, the alternate angel dies when, remember that biological weapon that he had created to eradicate humanity way back in Savage Dragon number zero? Well, he does. He kills every human being on the planet dead Damn. nobody left yeah, he, he he unleashes that 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 bio weapon including wildstar kills wildstar that jerry ordway character from from way yep. back in the beginning of image Aww. kills uh angel then he brutally kills his adopted daughter angel not the angel from dark world the real angel and he pounds his own flesh and blood malcolm into paste so you're probably asking well how the hell can this book go on everybody's dead you have this this evil despot in in the role of savage dragon uh well i'm gonna spoil it because if there was ever a time no if there was ever a time to read, to read savage dragon it's right now because larson has effectively wiped the slate clean this is just 21 issues of of savage dragon how dense how convoluted how intense does this sound well multiply that by a hundred well 160 what nine issues there's a lot of savage dragon history and you can't really expect new readers to catch up that quick i mean that was part of the the bonus when we were getting into comics but right now people want to know so jump on savage dragon right now because dark lord after everything is set and said and done the old savage dragon gets the one up i won't say how because it's pretty cool read it gets the one up on this emperor Kerr and uh effectively in quotes wins begs dark lord to turn back because dark lord can manipulate time begs dark lord just this once to to use his time device to make things right so they go back in time to before the point where emperor kerr unleashed the biological uh agent and he, uh dragon kills emperor kerr so everything's nice everything's fine everybody's alive who didn't die 
from the point where the virus was released on. And Dark Lord says to Dragon, matter-of-factly, you're a wild card. You suck. Every world you set foot on is doomed. I'm taking you out of the picture and kills the savage dragon that we know. Dark Lord just kills him, leaving Malcolm as the savage dragon. So Dragon's son Malcolm is now the savage dragon. Angel is his sidekick, and whatever happens from here on end is all new, baby. And you got to check it out because it is one of the finest superhero books ever. I'm not just going to say on the stands now, ever. Larson is a master. And if you don't believe me, too bad. Read the book. Check it out. And you'll see why. Because it's evident on every page. You get Kirby's power and energy. You get Jack Davis's fluidity. Ooh, and and uh, Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and it, he makes it look so goddamn easy. This, mm -hmm. this colorist he has now, this Nicholas Kous, I think, what's his name? His colorist, Nikos Koutsis. Mm -hmm. He, he does, uh, he's very heavy handed with the colors, which gives Larson the, uh, luxury of pulling back sometimes. Mm -hmm. And just doing line art and letting the color handle it. But this Kootzis guy gets a little dark sometimes. So he's an asset and he's also a detriment to mm. Savage Dragon. But have you have you seen the Tom Scioli Yes um, the previews for the for the four page? Yeah. Well it's Scioli. Come on. Good he's he's a madman. But, but that's God. that's just it's it's one of the most organic, spontaneous, just naturally evolving comics I've ever read. It's like Larson creates the environment for these characters and they do the rest. It's it yeah. seem it seems like just a book that is the equivalent of a plant. It just grows in whatever direction it wants to. It's seemingly and that's the, the the fun of Savage Dragon. It's yeah. totally organic. I'm really, I have to say, I mentioned this to you last week when I heard about the way that all went down, that, I, uh, that I'm that i really excited to read it, actually. I haven't read Savage cool. Dragon. Well, I guess, uh, what was the free comic book day issue? Was that 148 or 148, whatever? yes. Yeah, which I was read different. that one, which was quite good, but I haven't yeah. read it since. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched. I, I think this may bring me back in. Now, if, if they had... Um, Colored collected editions that I could get, you know, big honking omnibu versions. I'd be over it. I'd be all over it, like uh, white on rice. Oh, but the essentials but, uh, are good. The, they, uh, I don't. The I, can't do, I can't deal with that. Can't you know, with that. I, I, his, art, his art works in black and white. I have no problem with the archives. Yeah, his, his art in black and white. Yeah, well, you know, I don't. I don't dig on the essentials or the showcases either. So right. So. I. You know, I. I love Larson. He's one of my all-time favorite artists. No, but I. I have to agree with Jason. There's something lost when you take the color away from Larson. Yeah, yeah. Not a, I mean, not a lot. It's just that it, it's it's the the early stuff is really dense, and seeing it all in black and white like that, it's 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 tough. I love it, but it's tough. And and Larson, God bless him, he's a pig. He's a man after my own heart. He yep. he, he loves the ladies. He, yep. he, if you give him an opportunity to to uh, insert a crotch shot or a booby shot or in a, a panel, he or a nipple, he will do it. Always That's, cold in the Larson verse. I know. Ah, nice. uh, <laughs> Jennifer's daughter Angel is roughly 16 years old at the time of Going these stories, and she has a major crush on Daredevil. And she pulls the old Daredevil. I'm in the shower and I forgot <laughs> it. No, and and I forgot to bring a towel. And from the uh -huh. neck down, this is not a 16 year old girl. No way. Uh, and and Larson, you could tell he's just loving to draw every curve. And Daredevil, to his credit, could have hit it and. Kept hitting it, but he's like, sweetheart, 
I'm a man out of time. He, Daredevil's just like Captain America. I mean, he, there's that. He the last thing he remembers is fighting in World War II. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and he has the the mor- morals of a, a man from the forties, and he's like, "Honey, you're only sixteen. I think you're very beautiful, but there's just nothing there." And she's crushed, you know. So you, there's subplots of uh, these romantic subplots. Dragon Junior Malcolm has the hots for what is not really his sister, but his stepsister. He thinks she's the cat's ass. You have uh, Dart. Remember Dart. Jace, uh, David, well, Dart, the original yes. Dart's dead. Mako bit her head off. Damn. And then, then you get this woman, this, this psychopath named Allison, who manipulates, um, Daredevil into, uh, sleeping with her and chops mm-hmm. up one of his, no, chops up one of his sidekicks, a kid, chops him up and sh- shoves him down, um, a uh, trash compactor in, in a sink. It just, she's, she's insane. You gotta read it. And it, you know, you got the vicious circle. You got all these colorful, crazy ass villains that, that Larson comes up with, like open, open face, who's basically, you know, a vagina with a head. <laughs> and, and yeah, he's, he's just, I love Larson. Thank God for Larson. Cause he makes comics fun. He, he keeps that, 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 you know, sense of wonder that we all had way back when. It just seems like every issue of Savage Dragon is, it, there, there's brutality in it. There's a lot of bloodshed, but it's fun. He's you know, an imposing looking dude. He is. Yeah, he, he's tall. He's a tall guy. Yeah, and, he, like he, he's, he, he's definitely low on the list of, uh, of, you know, fanboys who would want to rip someone, but then see him in there. I, I can't imagine many people in Larson's career have uh, have ever had the balls to dog him out in person. Yeah, <laughs> dude, dude is a uh, yeah. and and he has a memory that's unbelievable. He does these artistic codas in, within the book, like the very first page of Savage Dragon number zero is a full page shot of Dragon saying, "Well, it's Emperor Kerr saying, kill them all," and then. 150, 160 issues later, he'll open the story with a full page shot. The same, you know, blocking the same, uh, composition of Savage Dragon saying, save them, save them all. Or Dragon's son, you know, uh, uh, his name's Krull. So, so he does these little, uh, harkens back to previously done panels. Like the, the cover of Savage Dragon Zero is very reminiscent of another cover that he did. See, he knows everything he does and he, it's like an inside little, you know, elbow to the, to the ribs of someone who's been reading the book for so long that, hey, remember this from way back when? Look at this. I did this to, to tie in with that. That's how it's done. And letters pages, crazy. They're insane. But, you know, I would so, venture to say the best thing that's happened to Larson in a long time was him giving up the uh, EIC rule. Yeah, you're, yeah, there was oh, a yeah. year, a year between Savage Dragon, I think it was 121 and 122, a gap of a year between there. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So yeah. I'm I'm glad he, he has too because I think his contribution to comics is Savage Dragon. He did a lot of great things for Image, but his main contribution is the book savage dragon mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. amazing and bacon mummy he's on the back of 150 chris so loves the bacon yeah, mummy I tweeting about I, it. hey man we 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 talked about bacon mummy <laughs> quite a bit it's uh one, one one of my favorite interviews that uh, especially face-to-face interviews you know it's very very rare that you get to do um interview like extended interviews face to face with the creator and uh and and Sal and Tom and I got to spend about god about an hour and a half with Larson just shooting the shit and talking about you know everything under the sun and really just just an awesome guy 
that we had a, a hell or a good time with. And, I love uh, him. Yeah, he's um, you know one, one of the funner interviews that we ever did, and uh, uh, uber respect for for Larson. He's yeah. you follow him on Twitter, and he's he's he can come off as being a, a little a little crazy, maybe, but um, he keeps it real. He, he you know he 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 speaks his mind, and and I I respect that. You know you um, you always like to bring up the Huey Lewis. Like that heart of rock and roll shit. Well, if there's a if there's a heartbeat for comic books uh, still beating, it's in Savage Dragon. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah, that, that good old fashioned silver bronze age nuttiness that we all used to love so much. That's all Savage Dragon is. Just when you think you got it pinned uh, pinned down, you know where it's going. He just he'll kill somebody. Well, like I he'll mean, kill the main it, character. Just kill him. You know, Eric Larson and. You know, a lot of those, a lot of those image guys still have an amazing heart for the medium yeah. and for creator-owned comics. It's, I mean, Bacon Mummy, Eric Larson put <laughs> out a, he just... a monthly Bacon Mummy comic if he could, and that's, that kind of... <laughs> you know, comics need more Bacon Mummy. Say it again, because it makes me smile when you say it. Say Bacon, bacon Mummy. mummy. <laughs> You know, comics need more bacon mummy. They, All right, need, that's enough. We need we need less so, yes. of some of the stuff that we have and more bacon mummy. True, less anal rape in mainstream comics. You and could more do it. Bacon mummy. No, you could do it in 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 the the indies, but keep it out of the mainstream books. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and more bacon mummy. It was a dark and stormy night. The rain come down in torrents, and the captain said to his mate, Bill, tell us a story. And this was the story he told them. Hello again, boys. It's Taylor from London. Um, just got a, a little story to tell you about uh, my wonderful girlfriend. Um, we've been going out together for a long time. I've been trying to get her into comics. So I've been given all the obvious things. Why the Last Man, Essex County, all those sort of things. She ain't having none of it. She hates them all. I give her one book just out of, out of curiosity even. And she absolutely adored it. That book was the boys. I'm going out with a fucked up woman. See you later, boys. Keep up the good work. Chris, you yes. wanted to talk about a book that was uh, penned, scribed, written by a very by one of our favorite, important favorite, person. Favorite yes. People. Yes. Uh, Will Piper is um, being very transparent here. Will Piper is one of our favorite people. He's a listener of the yeah. show. Indeed. He's just an awesome fucking person. Yeah. And um, he has, uh, he and Jill Thompson have a, a reprint of a comic that they did back in 1999. Just came out uh, yesterday uh, as you listen to this on uh, uh, March 10th or, or whatever it is. Um, it is called Finals. It was a four-issue miniseries that yeah. came out from Vertigo in 1999. Uh, Vertigo is doing this series called Vertigo Resurrected, where they're bringing back um, older titles and reintroducing them because they're great, because they're awesome, awesome things. And and finals came out this week. Once again, it's it's Will Pfeiffer and Jill Thompson. Now, Jill in the last 
several years has really become known more as as a painter than than a you know quote unquote a traditional comic book cartoonist. So this goes back to kind of her um, her days as as um, a very vertigo style comic book artist. So I think for that alone, it's very interesting to pick this up and and um, and kind of see where Jill has come as an artist even though i really like her her traditional you know penciled and ink comic art but finals to to get to the story it is a incredibly wacky and cynical and satirical look at the pressures and ridiculous bubble that is college life and it, it all takes place in the final year of, you know, for these seniors, their final year at, uh, at a place called Knox State University. And this, this particular college um, was in the 1940s, early 50s, 40s, was subject to a, um, a, a crazy... Um, uh, college student, kind of you know, gone mad that um, that blew up a nuclear device and and destroyed most of the campus and and most of the of the town that the college is located in, and which would be a, a, t- a terrible disaster normally, but uh, for one professor, it it, it kind of unlocked the uh, uh, the the door to to true higher education and extreme education and and so that's kind of the the backstory of the, of the book and and it just it, it it looks at it looks at the university experience and ramps everything you know it's kind of like a spinal tap it turns everything up to 11 so you take everything that you experienced in in college and you you amp it up to to the extreme and and that is that's will's look at 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 college in this and it's really really funny that these final these final exams hence the name are you know the uh um the religious studies student her final exam uh she comes up with um she creates her own cult and she has all of these all of these other people on campus are are joining her cult and and following her and the and the um the criminal justice major uh goes on a crime spree and the uh, uh, the the poli sci major creates a Middle East conflict with nothing but um, credit cards and and a, and a telephone. And you know, as we all know, the one thing that the college students have that that is unlimited is 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 credit. And so it's it's just it's just crazy nutty stuff like that. And it just you know, if if you went to college. Chances are you're gonna see something in this that is just absolutely um, reminiscent and drop dead funny of what you went through in 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 college. It is it's so funny and witty and obviously well written. It was uh, it was a lot of fun to to read and uh, and and I I enjoyed the hell out of it. That's the one thing about Will that that took me by surprise he he's he's surface level funny but sometimes he'll say something and you'll walk away and you'll be like 
you bastard, I just got that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it takes a while to simmer. That's Will. There's a lot more to Will going on than meets the eye. I love the oh, guy. He, and, he's... And, Will is Will is a is a crafty son of a bitch. He yeah, is, yeah, deviously funny. He is. Yes, and he, he wrote Catwoman for like ever. Oh man, it's been <laughs> a, have, my favorite Catwoman issues. The, have uh, you guys Have you guys read Finals? Any of you? I, I have I, it. Yeah, I ordered it. I um, I, I he talked about it or he mentioned it. I mean, yeah. He mentioned it's, it last it's year, wicked two fun. Week two, and and uh, I don't know what I was I was putting my DCBS order together and I was on the Vertigo page so I could order Sweet Tooth and and uh, and I saw finals and I saw and, I, and at first I just kind of it, it didn't quite hit me that this sounds familiar for some reason and then I saw that it was Will's name attached to it and I'm like okay and I, and I ordered it and I didn't even read the solicit so I didn't even notice because I didn't know what the price was I didn't know it was collecting all the issues so the next month I was like alright well where's issue 2 and then it kicked in that uh that i ordered the collection the previous yeah. month so i should get it at the end of uh, at the beginning of next month yeah, yeah. It, it is it is wicked wicked funny and for people in the chicago area i know that we've got a lot of, of chicago listeners will and jill are going to be at challengers on saturday at one o'clock from one to four for a signing for uh for the finals collected edition that's wow. awesome that is. yeah I will be there. It's my birthday. Look at you. Yeah. And Will's wife's birthday. You stole my thunder, you fuck. He did. God damn it. You got it. Leave it to Chris to tout his own birthday. I was all set to do in your travels, wish Neesman a happy birthday this weekend. And then he's like, oh, my birthday happens to be my birthday. Well, but what's funny about it is that it's Will's wife's birthday as well. And he's and, spending it with and, you. And, 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 Molly <laughs> Jane, and Molly Jane Kramer from uh, the, the comic book slumber party, it is her birthday as well. And Daryl Strawberry. Well, wow. That's awesome. And Jack, and Jack like an Kerouac. all-star cast right there. And Jack Kerouac. <laughs> now that's... Oh, now, yeah, oh, now you're talking somebody. Now we're talking. <laughs> you just raised, you just raised the, 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 the prestige of that birthday many, many times with that one. I mean, Bill Murphy. For, to round out the baseball talk, Charlie Murphy. Baseball, did you uh, did you see who's uh, in the uh, the Austin by Comics League with us, Chris? Yes, I did. Very, I got an email from that particular person about it, which is kind of awesome. Oh, by I, comics. Feel, I feel less special now because well, I didn't, let me in uh, on it. Who's this person? <laughs> I don't know. Fractions in the uh, fantasy league we're doing with the. Uh, oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> But what's funny is that he's going to lose terribly because he's a cup fan. I like Fraction. Nice. I like Casanova. Keep asking. We will. uh, I'll get the uh, Yahoo leagues fired up here, folks. We we got plenty of time. Everyone relax. Oh yeah, yeah. We got three three weeks before opening day. Yeah. We still got a hell of a lot more time to talk comics. Jason, Jason. our socks, the White socks. and I'm not going to say our socks because I was just about to say. <laughs> because uh, I'm a Cardinal fan, and I'm a Cardinal fan that's that's kind of panicking right now. Right, but my right. my American League and my hometown team, the White Sox, are going to be good this year. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, I I've always uh, 
been very measured when it comes to the White Sox. I try and go in with, with totally neutral expectations so that I'm either pleasantly surprised or not too crushed, depending on how things go. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm letting a little optimism creep in this year. I think uh, they're going to be good. Looking great, and then he's a real X factor. If PV can be what PV was in San Diego, then, you know, the rotation's going to be pretty pretty tight. Dunn is going to hit 50 bombs. Easy. I'm psyched. I'm super psyched. So, anyway, but let's not bore the people with uh, baseball talk. Yes, sir. I uh, wanted to know if this will either be an interesting segment of the show or, or it'll stop right here. Did you happen to read the second issue of what we tag teamed on a couple weeks ago? Uh, what did we tag team on? Yeah, nice. Uh, who well, is Jake the, Ellis? The, the, the author's not oh, 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 who is Jake? Well, uh, who is Jake Ellis? No, I haven't yet. I, I haven't. Uh, okay. It comes. Right. It comes to on Friday. It'll come. All right. All right. Oh. About it next week, man. That's yeah, cool. we'll talk about it next week. That's cool. All I'll right. read it. I'll make sure. Okay. Cool. So, uh, Jason, did you finally check out the Annihilators number one? Ah, now that I did. In fact, okay. Uh, it, because you mentioned last week the Annihilators and how much you enjoyed it, but you also mentioned the female ROM, the Space Knight. Yeah. And uh, so that that actually had me go back and check, and I hadn't finished, um, I hadn't read the last two issues of Thanos Imperative or the Thanos Imperative Devastation one shot, which came out a month or two before. You know, wow. Uh, so um, I went back and read those uh, because I knew that they would, you know, they came before Annihilators. Then I read Annihilators, and. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I I thought the whole concept of Annihilators was great, and I actually thought the Devastation one shot was pretty pretty fun too. It was uh, told in the, um, it was driven by uh, by Cosmo. Cosmo, yeah, right? Yeah, he he was he was the he was the one that formed the Annihilators, and he did so because it was Star Lord's dying wish. Premise being that, uh, you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy, as, as awesome as they were, were really a ragtag bunch of guys that he put together out of desperation, and his dream was always that once they had the chance to form a real you know, super team of, of, of people that could, that could really do some things. And, and that would be the annihilators. Um, and I love Abnett Lanning are so good. Like, I love how even, even they're joking about the name. They're like annihilators. Really? You know, like, like they, and then like Ronan's like, well, we could call ourselves the accusers. <laughs> and then like, and, uh, and one of the other guys, I think it's uh, gladiators. Like, well, like Avengers is any better, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, yeah, no, I, um, I thought it was great. I, uh, I'm going to really miss, you know, we've said it many times. Abnett Landing had a fantastic, what, six, seven-year run in Cosmic, where they they pretty much were the ar- architects of the whole thing, and uh, they brought it back. They brought yeah, Marvel I, Cosmic back to being yeah. important. Yeah. And and I will say it felt like a good ending for them, only because um, I I would say, in all fairness, that the Thanos Imperative was probably my least favorite of their, uh, I guess, of the four Cosmic events that they dealt with. Um, just because um, I, I thought the the miniseries itself was was very very uh, stand stand around and watch important things happen versus seeing them happen. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of talking about, and and I think that happens sometimes when you get into the whole Thanos versus Warlock thing because you know the church. It, it kind of got into that like, oh, what is the meaning of life? And and so it felt a little familiar territory. But um, but but if what that ultimately gave us is the Annihilators and, and they can keep up that momentum, yeah, I'm all for it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. So, I mean, everything you said last week, I completely agree with. I thought it was yeah. terrific. You put a Space Knight in the group and you're tickling my balls. 
you're just, you're just I know you're just, just hey this is this is one step before the reach around yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and the reason I'm sorry the reason I brought that up is because um, in the end of uh, spoilers in the end of the Thanos imperative devastation one shot they had formed the team and they agreed yeah all right we'll do this we'll be the we'll be the annihilators we'll, we'll try and protect the universe and then in either standing around a little, little circle jerk talking about it and then bam the the female space knight pops into the to the scene and she's just like you know who who are the people I'm supposed? She's like, is this the group I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, running or something like that? You know, she so she's you know kind of like, ooh, who's this new you know this new chick? So well, the space knights have a lot to uh, be sorry for from the the crap that happened at the beginning of conquest with yeah, the phalanx and absolutely. so so I mean they're they're running at a at a deficit. They need to to step it up and so yeah she's for, sure, the, for sure yeah so i agree i'm glad i'm glad you liked it i however i mean a lot of guys on the twitter and and the forum uh bullpen bulletins podcast.com forward slash forum a lot of guys seem to like the the timothy green rocket raccoon story uh more i enjoyed it but i i i didn't think it was more than anything more than a you know an extended fight scene between Rocket Raccoon and the Clown. It was it was nicely right. drawn, you know. It, it was, but there, just, some guys were just like, "Oh, it's phenomenal." It was okay. It, it was pretty uh, good. Yeah, you know, you was, know it, I love me some Rocket Raccoon. He's yeah, it was favorite. fun. It was, yeah, fun, it was fun, but you know, to compare it, it to the first though, series. Yeah, I think it felt maybe again because of the way they packaged it, it, it did feel to me like a the equivalent of a the Marvel equivalent of the now defunct DC. You know, backup story like bang. You know, yeah. like it didn't. Yeah. It, it felt sort of like almost like a B side or a uh, an inventory story that they were just you know figuring. Well, this will be a good spot to stick this in. Right. Um, it's but, easy to uh, get mesmerized by Green's art. I mean, that's it you know, is it's not it is. difficult because he's very good. I think uh, the last time I saw him was Iron Fist. I think right those those few issues Iron Fist he did. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, well, I remember him from the Annihilation stuff. Yeah, right. yeah, right. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. I think Iron Fist came after that, and then yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I got to get caught up on that. I haven't even read War of Kings yet, or uh, I have the the collected edition. I have. Yeah, I started it. I still, I still got yeah. the, the the shrink wrap on it. Yeah, so I, I would better say get my ass I would moving. read them maybe because of the this the, the newness of it. I would say the first Annihilation. I I I would put number one. Uh, I would say probably War of Kings two. Uh, the second annihilation, I guess, knowledge and conquest. They were calling it. I like conquest. Right behind that. No, I did too. I I loved all three of those a lot, and yeah. then I liked this last one. Like I, you know, I I'm a huge. I was a huge fan of their cosmic. So I, I mean, I liked it. the 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 fourth being. You know, the fourth adults mighty solid. I enjoyed it. I just I thought that uh, the first three were I. You know, and maybe again just because it is the fourth. That's kind of hard for even a. You know, it's but but I thought that the first three were 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 pretty awesome, and including War Kings. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Chris! You, you know this was going to be my in your travels, but you know what? It's too goddamn good for that, and I want to give credit where credit's due. You know me; I will take every opportunity possible to drop the name of Hillary Barda. Oh, That—that's that, that, just what I do. Uh, Mr. Barda has penciled a story, inked by Mr. Andrew Peepoy, in the Simpsons Super Spectacular Number Twelve. And it is the Simpsons as the Metal Men. <laughs> that awesome. is that is cool, and it's That's it's like awesome. I said, penciled by Mr. Hillary Barda. Homer is Holmium, uh, Marge is Mal Maldinium, uh, Lisa's Lithium, Maggie's Magnesium, and Bart is Barium. I'm Barium. Who the hell are you? 
it's just remember um and the the uh antagonist uh he in the dc universe he's called chemo in the simpsons oh, universe Lord. he's called gastro <laughs> <laughs> the, the lunch that walks like a man but uh, do you remember uh hillary's plastic man yep. way what was oh, it 80, sure. 84 85 i get a lot of that a lot of vibe uh, the same vibes that I got from that. This is just Hillary having fun, uh, and it's the Simpsons as the metal men. Um, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. In there, your there's, travels, a, there's a page from his run on the goon that I think might be my C2E2 purchase, my original art purchase. Ooh, and the pool mobiles in it. Uh, well, what I was going to say is the In Your Travels thing, read a Bongo comic. Because, again, oh, if, there's yeah. Any, yeah, if there's any one company that's that's carrying the torch for good old fun goddamn comics and keeping them cheap and keeping them uh you know dense and uh high entertainment content it's bongo if it's not simpsons i mean just in this issue alone it's a nod to superhero fans because you have bart as um you know what the hell's uh the the masked, whatever the frig his name is. But anyway, uh, see, I Bart didn't read Man. it yet. No, Bartman, yes. And the fl- and uh, the Flash is in here. You have a host of DC heroes. The only one I read was the Hillary Bodder story because I love him so much. But um, Bongos does great work. Futurama uh, is fantastic. Has a bunch of black light posters in the past, what, four or five issues that just increase the value of the comic the simpsons that you get the, the you know bart simpson they have great comics so check out a bongo comic and they're cheap they're 2.99 except for when they do a special when it's more it's uh, like the the winter wingding and the summer shindig i think are 4.99 for 48 pages but uh, otherwise they're just 2.99 for a, a regular issue they're great stuff bongo nice. comics yeah, yeah i spe- love them speaking of plastic man um the comic tour uh, blog was a uh, featured Plastic Man uh, this past week. No Plastic kidding. Man is cool. You know, Plastic yeah. Man doesn't he does not get the, the the praise that he should as a character. Plastic Man is the bomb. Well, I really liked what they did with Plastic Man in um, the Doug Mon- uh, Mankey um, JLA towards the end, the Obsidian Age, right around there. Uh, Plastic Man was a a major player in the JLA back then. I don't yeah. know what they've done. I don't know what they've done with him since, but just just the way uh, Mankey drew Plastic Man and the various things he would morph into, that was just some visual visual treat. That's what that was. No, I mean, I mean, a lot of people. Bendis has talked about it that if he ever left the the comfy furry arms of Marvel to to go to DC, the the comic that that he would be maybe more most interest most interested in writing would be a plastic man comic i hope that never happens (laughs) (laughs) well i mean people that don't know plastic man started out i mean it was a gangster comic plastic he's a yeah police comics Yep. He's a he's a criminal. He yep. was a he was a he was a Eel low level O'Brien. henchman for for the mafia. David got it. Eel O'Brien. Yep. 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 Yeah, it's actually. Uh, I think the uh, Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon does a nice job with Plastic Man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they they yeah, treat him that absolutely. way. You know. Yes. He's always trying to steal shit, and Batman's always like, "Put that back." You know. <laughs> it's funny, but I yeah. like money. There was, there was one summer <laughs> when uh, the same grandparents who I would visit every summer would. It's the grandfather that I went 
to the uh, the newsstand with to buy things off the spinner rack, he um, came back from a Florida flea market one time and uh, handed me a reprint of old uh, police comic stories with with nothing but plastic man. Great stuff. Where the hell did he get that? A Florida flea market, dude. Really? Who published yeah. that? It was published by DC. Oh, okay. All right. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the you have the, the Mike Hawthorne Plastic Man on Comic Twart is awesome. Go check it oh. out. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is awesome. One Plastic of the highlights. Man and Catwoman, let your imagination wander. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, uh, the uh, Spiegelman book uh, on Jack Cole that he did with the plastic cover, and it's mm -hmm. Plastic Man with the plastic cover, and it's just conceptually, I thought it was right. very cool. Yeah. I like that book a lot, but Plastic Man's cool. I wish somebody would do a, a nice little Plastic Man. I, the Kyle Baker one was okay, but I don't know. It just seemed to there were there were dead spots in it. Did yeah. you guys buy the the, the Kyle Baker run? Uh, yeah, yeah, I thought I, I'm with you. It was it was okay. I I definitely think I'm with Chris. I do think it's a character, especially it's been a long time. I think. It could be pretty cool. It'd be one of those. I mean, it probably in today's market would be one of those that we'd be lucky to get twelve issues and two decent arcs out of it. But yeah, I'd be down for that. I mean, it'd be cool to see someone take a stab at it. Um, I know Ethan Van Skyver pretty much every every time I've ever heard him speak about things, he's always begged to do plastic man. But I just <laughs> assume not have him do it. Yeah, I'd me like too. I would yeah, not want to see that. But, but uh, yeah, um, you but know yeah. who would kick ass at uh, Plastic Man? Fowler. Yes, Fowler. Yeah, Fowler would be great. Paul Pope. Would kick yeah, ass be sure. yeah, I don't yeah. know if he would do it though, right? I mean, he probably wouldn't. Hey. It's not his cup. You know, did, did Adam Strange? Why not? There, there, there are, there are, there are so many good artists out there that would that would just kill on Plastic Man, you know. And, and you talk about it, you know. Oh, it only lasts for twelve issues, but you know, I, I went back. I read. I've, I read All Star Superman like twice in the last two weeks, and you know what? I think the world needs more awesome twelve issue series. How many twelve well, issue I mean, series throughout? Through, well, do I? You're, you're, get, you're pretty much getting that right. I mean, I, I mean, pretty much all comics are written for arcs these days. I don't. Yeah. Many, well, yeah. yeah, but but I mean, it's like I'm going to write this for twelve issues. You know, it's going to be it's going to be a definitive story for this character for twelve issues. I think like we need more of that. I'm waiting for my twelve issue Wonder Woman series, but um, um, uh, it's out there. It hasn't been written yet. It's going to be written, but. Um, but like plastic, you know, you look, you know, a guy like Ramon Perez, I think would just draw the shit out of Plastic Man. It would be awesome. It's uh, yeah, there's there's a twelve issue Plastic Man series that hasn't been created out there that will be, and it will be awesome. By Paul Pope. Where the hell's Where the hell's Battling Boy? God damn, we've been waiting forever for that. Paul Pope's yeah. Battling Boy. Where is it? You, In the archives. You. you you love him too much. No, what? I don't love Paul Pope enough. No. Slow yeah, your roll, he, son. What do you mean? He, love he, too much? he he is he is the 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 ne the coming of the next. Uh, he's the next big thing. I I just, really well. I, I would actually disagree with that. I think he's already a huge thing. I think the difference is he's kind of like James Jean in that he he makes an ungodly amount of money doing non comic stuff. Doing <laughs> doing very little. No, you're right. He he does uh, a I, lot I of. Still, I still think that Nathan Fox is every bit. Of, oh, of Pope. I don't want to get into that again because I love Mr. Nathan Fox, but but Pope has an an aesthetic that 
Fox doesn't. Yeah, I love I love Paul Pope's brushwork. He's awesome. I you you love him a lot. I do. I, if I saw him in the men's room at the urinal, I'd yeah, I'd take a peek. Maybe, take a I'd, peek. I would take a peek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "Damn, look at that! Sounds like a cannon." Would you offer to, to top it off for him? Would you no, I don't. Well, nah, if I could somehow extract some of his talent, maybe. We're we're talking about Cliff Chang at the top of the show, and that's I, I'm kind of I'm kind of like Cliff Chang. How you are with Paul Pope? I think Cliff Chang is he's he's. He he makes me want to go a little, you know, buy a little game. Again, by by winning. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, this is Robert. I'm a data service provider for Google. I wanted to talk to you about some of your company reviews. I have some ideas on how we can help you improve your profile. Call me as soon as you can. You can reach me at one eight hundred. Now, no. Again, my name is Robert, and my number is 1-800-NANO-WARISKIS. Thank you. All right, well, uh, let's let's take a decided turn from that. And uh, Chris, are you reading uh, Zaytana or no? Which one? Zaytana. What? No, I want, I'm, I'm going to get the trade whenever it comes. I got the first oh, issue. See, I thought I you like, said Satan. I was like, how did I miss that? Uh, no, 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 Zaytana, uh, you know, DC thing. Zatanna. Yeah, Zatanna. Okay, maybe I'm saying it. Uh, uh, no, uh, what, okay. Uh, no with an asterisk. I bought the first issue. I was like, yeah, you know, it looks cool. I like Paul Denny. I'll, I'll pick it up and trade. And I think the trade, the first trade coming out. I think so. Yeah, because I know that issue seven, I, I read up to issue seven this week. I, same as you, I, I ordered the first issue, read it. Yeah. Liked it fine, but it just was kind of in my pile, and then I went and read, uh, Two through seven um, this week, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with Deanie as a writer because um, I know he's made most of his his way uh, you, on the. You have, you have you have more experience with Paul Denny as a reader than than you probably more as a watcher than you do as a reader. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I'm saying as a comic writer, I haven't read a lot of his bad stuff. Um, so I, I, which he's made most of his comic mark in, um, but uh, and I don't really have much of a of a history with uh, with Zatanna as a character. In fact, probably the first story I ever read about her was when uh, she did the whole uh, brainwashing stuff with the oh uh, identity crisis. Yeah. So, which which now that I've I've come to understand as I've read some other stuff over the years that she's obviously that was quite out of character for her, which I guess was sort of the point. But but uh, well, but she's no, she's much uh, more. Uh, I guess she's typically portrayed portrayed as a much more uh, uh, quirky, but but vibrant, kind of fun loving. It's a character know. that's been around for thirty fucking years, and you yeah. know what? Every once in a while, they take on different character traits. The uh, um, the Wally West that you read now is not the Wally West sure, that you sure. read, you know, fifty fucking years ago. People, Jason, mm-hmm. um, you haven't read Seven Soldiers? Yeah, no, I did. Oh, okay. than after. I'm saying the first story I ever oh, read. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, I did. Um, uh, I haven't read her Vertigo run. How was that? Was that any good? I don't know. I um, I the the only thing I've read Zatanna in the past like ten years is the is the Seven Absolutely. Soldiers thing. Yeah, and Which and her great. part you in, in crisis, did you? Yeah, yeah, and her part in various yeah. and sundry DC events. But right, right. Uh, I I don't yeah. think I would ever buy. Uh, you know, if it wasn't written by Morrison, I don't think I'd ever buy a Zatanna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zatanna's a great character. She's say, she's, it, a, it, yeah. she's a really hot. Mm-hmm. 
magician that is in the Justice League occasionally. It's, right, and, but right, I, 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 I look for the voice writing through her more than the character, yeah. because the character right, really right. doesn't well, do anything for me. I mean, this series is basically her away from the superheroing. It's the mystical, the, the magic stuff, which I've always been into, um, and it's not it's kind of like Western movies. Uh, it's it's not very often these days you get the magic comics, right? It's it's uh, it's every now and then they dust it off, uh, but but it's not. There aren't too many ongoing either in DC or Marvel magic focused books. Um, there needs know, it, to be more. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan of the stuff. So I um, want a Doctor Fate ongoing or a Twelve Strange. Doctor Strange ongoing would be dope. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Doctor Fate, bitches. You did. I you said Doctor Strange. Yeah, uh, but this takes. It's it's just basically the first seven issues follows Zatanna as uh, I mean she's single, unlucky in love, you know. So if you're a fan of the uh, which I am, yeah. if you're a fan of any of those, uh, you know the the, uh, the 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 you know the TV dramedies or whatever. I mean she's kind of it's kind of written in that way. And I like Deanie's. I think he, he he has a nice voice to her. I mean she's 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 funny. She's loaded, which is kind of I mean which they kind of make jokes about. I mean she she does a Vegas. Uh, magic show, and she she's paid out the wazoo for it. So she's got like a big mansion, and and her her cousin, um, who's also got the same powers, but isn't is is livid about it because he's he's kind of struggling to make his way, and he gets pissed every time you know she drives up in her Porsche or something like that. Um, that was the dude that was in the Titans, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, and and basically it, in the first arc, she's up against um, uh, a, a couple of minor magical. People who are working for um, for, for the archfell of the of of the first arc, um, and uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it probably is what it is, which is a, a DC midlist title. Um, but uh, again, I, I found the character engaging. It was a pretty funny book. Um, it had very very different artists involved. Uh, the book starts off with with Stefan Rue, uh, who will be at C two E two by the way, who I think does, is fantastic. He he definitely uh, is is quite good at drawing the ladies. Uh-huh. Um, so so the first few issues are sort of knock your socks off. Wow, Zaytana's pretty hot. You know, kudos to uh, Stefan. Um, uh, you know, and so he he does the first. Let's see, one, two, three, three issues, and then he bounces. Uh, and then Chad Harden takes over, who. Uh, I again not too familiar. At least I don't. I probably have read stuff of his, although offhand I don't. I can't think. He does two issues. Then Jesus Saez Saez does issue six, which again I have no issues with Jesus Saez. In fact, I think he's quite a good illustrator. But his style is very different. I mean, very very different from theirs. And uh, and then they go back to Harden for issue seven. So little inconsistent on the art. I think if I had my druthers, I would have rather seen uh, you know Stefan do the whole thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, but story-wise, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, Brother Knight's, uh, uh, an okay villain. He's, he's, I think, he's pretty replaceable. I mean, he's, he's just one of seemingly an endless supply of evil guys that do dark magic and want to take over the world. Um, but, uh, but some of the other supporting characters are, are much more interesting. Um, and the way that she, uh, she has to figure out ways to, uh, you know, to, to get rid of each of them is, uh, is always fun. I, I will caution people, for those that don't know, Zaytana's magic is uh, she says things backwards and thus can make them happen. Yeah. Um, M-Cuff. If, yeah, if, if, <laughs> if, if that's a problem for you, like if you don't want to read, I've heard some people have it, they don't, they get, they find it tedious to have to read each word balloon backwards. Oh, God. Really? So if, if you don't want to do that, then this probably isn't your cup of tea. Really? Every, every time extra value, dude, right? Oh isn't that extra value? Seriously. That that bothers you, David? 
No, no it's fun. I, I can't understand how someone would be. Oh, 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 oh. I've heard it mentioned uh, before. You know, I guess people will compl- There's enough. I think you're in the wrong will, hobby. Yeah, someone will complain about, I guess, anything. But, uh, yeah. But I, I, I found True. it interesting and actually thought to myself, well, that's an interesting challenge I for the letter. Like, that happens. Does the letterer have to, probably has to, I mean, because there's no. I mean, I, I don't know if this is a transpose function, right? So I guess. Well, these days it's a lot easier because, I mean, if they're using. Uh, you know, digital lettering, then you can just type it in. But back in the day, yeah, it was a, probably a pain in the ass for the letterer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I noticed, you know, back uh, years ago, one or two things that were spelled wrong when Zatanna mm-hmm. was speaking. It's you know, So what? Now, I, I've i seen her in the Justice League, and they, like, she's drawn pretty, like a pretty, very, very skinny, almost too skinny, I'd say. Uh-huh. In this book, she's drawn thick. I mean, like thick. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> have, have you ever seen um, like I'm the way Frank like, size like fourteen thick? Like oh, like thick. have you seen Francesco's Zatanna? Fran- uh, which one? Francesco, Francesco from from Francesco Frank No, Francesco exclamation Francesco. point from yeah. from uh, Chicago. Have you seen? Oh, he does a great. No, I don't know. Uh, Zatanna. Oh, he would do a great. He would do a great Zatanna. Um, but nice. but which was but she's hot. You know, like she's she's a hot. Yeah. She's, she's got huge. I mean, look again. If you have some issue with with superheroines having big boobs, well, this isn't your book either. She's got humongous boobs, <laughs> and her outfit is such that she basically wears a yellow corset right under her 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 breast, so they 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 are prominent. Uh, so again, if that's oh, a problem so that's for you, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, the costume's a little different, Vince. I think than her traditional costume. It's uh, it's still the 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 uh, the fishnets and the 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 black leather boots, um, and she still wears a tuxedo on top. But it's uh, it's like a white top-heavy blouse, and then, like I said, it's a yellow kind of vest corset uh, in between. So, mm. hey, Take note, Dynamite. Man. See, what She's works not. for Zatanna works for Vampirella, too. Oh! oh, yeah. it's not working. Oh. Yeah. What? Vampirella. They got her running around in jeans and, like, a leather jacket and, and stuff. It's uh, just, like Wonder Woman? <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> not. Eric Troutman's going to slap you. <laughs> it's just not. It's not working. Oh, you're breaking I, up. I'm la- breaking up, up yeah. Cool. <laughs> What else we got? Oh, man. <laughs> he was loving it. Like, I love it. <laughs> what else? Come on. Oh, man. That's not for reading comics? I have, but I, I can't I, talk. I got all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Drop right. some Hold it on us, dude. To yourself. Chris, drop some science on us. Um, inspired by Mr. Chris Campbell, who admitted and... Uh, and uh, a thread on the, on the forum. Chris Campbell, who's about our age, admitted that he never read Alpha Flight, which yeah, I found shocking. I was sad. That that. Anyone that that grew up reading comics in the eighties, I mean, Alpha Flight was yep. it, it wasn't a staple. I mean, it was an automatic. A I small mean, part of me died when he admitted that. I mean, it's, 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 John, it's John Byrne at the absolute height of his popularity. Alpha Flight was a comic that had spun out of the pages of, of the X-Men at the height of their popularity. I mean, there, there was, when, when Alpha Flight came out, there was no other book 
that was hotter than that book. So so Chris Campbell uh, definitely ate some ate some crow and, and came on the forum and said, "Hey, I never read this, and I'm gonna, I'm going to read the the first you know however many issues and and uh, leave my my reviews as he goes." And so he he's been uh, kind of chronicling his reviews issue by issue on the forum and he gets to like issue 10 it's like okay well you know i'm you know but here's my last review for this and and i'll come back with more i'm sitting there it's like oh my god you can't stop there you have to get at least at least <laughs> issue 12 and i just post it's like issue 12 broke 12 year old chris's heart and and he has no idea what's going to happen no and 12 and i'm just like oh my god to go back in time and open up issue 12 of Alpha Flight for the first time on that the iconic cover of Someone's Going to Die. And you're like, yeah, sure, someone's going to die. Blah, blah, blah. And you get to the end and you're like, holy fuck. Yep. It was it raw. Was, it, it was the most oh shit moment I had had. Like more than like the Dark Phoenix saga up to that point. Like, of of like comics all time. Last page of Alpha Flight number twelve with Heather there. Yeah. And that that I don't even have to open up the book to look at it. It's burned in <laughs> my brain. <laughs> for years. I love that series so fucking much. It's I me not too. Even right. But, oh, yeah. but for years right though, like later on when Heather uh took the, the Guardian costume and she's running around, she could say, you know, let's go out and kill all the black people. I'd be like, damn girl, I believe in you. Because it was like she is the woman who lost a husband? You know what I mean. She yeah, she yeah. dragged sorry, that through. Chris, if you haven't read number twelve before you. Oh listen. no no no! Oh shit! That's right. We should not. Chris, don't we shit. don't listen? Oh, don't no. listen. Yo, you got to put in the in the intro. You got to be like Chris. <laughs> wow. but, but anyway, on a on a on a similar note, oh, David fuck. David was correct. Next Men is now a twelve issue uh, miniseries. Yeah. Yeah, but but, which, but hold on, hold on. Which sucks. I want to go back to I want to go back to this really quickly, really quickly. For that twelve issues of Alpha Flight, first of all, they were never really an official fucking team in the no. entire twelve issues of that. They were it was really just like vignettes of like each character, yeah. and they, they were a disbanded team with some marginal call ups, and then in the twelfth issue. You kill the fucking leader of what was a non-team. It was crazy. If if nothing else, but who the, killed him? Right, pissed me off. Yeah. Completely. If if nothing else, the Snowblind story would have garnered uh, burn a place in the legendary amazing. column. But then he did that thing in issue twelve, and it's just like you have incredible balls. You really do. Oh, absolutely, ballsy uh, series. You know that was the that was the series where he kind of was like, yeah, backgrounds, fuck it. Um, yeah, it's snow. It, <laughs> there yeah, you go. Yeah. It's snow. It's uh, pink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it was such an awesome series for the time, and it is such a. It's like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It is such a product of its time that yeah, people that pick you. it up it's like you know i know that we have a lot of 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 younger comic fan listeners that will go out and pick up the alpha flight visionaries or or whatever and, and be like what the hell are you talking about but you have to understand 
in the context of the time that it came out, it was the most awesome thing that we had ever, ever True. seen. And, and let's be fair, it, it was in no small part because of Byrne. I mean, oh, it no, was, he you know, wrote it and drew it. Yeah. No, but I think the hype for it was because, like, holy shit, Burns getting his own, you know, offshoot. He's going to get his own playground to play with. I mean, that's yeah. from the X Men. That's yeah, why it yeah. was the coolest thing. Yeah. Oh, that, that, and it was it was about this exotic, unknown land to the north of us called Canada. Canada, no one really <laughs> yep. knew about. But you know, it was it, it, you know there were there were scantily clad women in snowdrifts that that lived there and spoke French occasionally. Now, do you guys and, know because I know that you haven't. <laughs> I, I think I'm the only one that, that read this series from start to finish, um, at least of the four of us. Uh, do you know what is now in continuity in terms of uh, Hudson and Logan's relationship? There were lovers. Yeah, he he tapped it. No, dude. I'm talking about James Hudson. James oh, Hudson. I thought you meant. Oh, yeah. No, so was I. Look mighty cute in that maple leaf there, Jim. <laughs> Do you, I, anyone, I don't. Anyone? No. It's a kind or gentler Marvel. Uh, Marvel Lo- Logan is uh, is James Hudson's uncle. Oh, come on, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Lo- uh, James Hudson is the grandson of uh, of. Um, Frederick Hudson, who is uh, who is the brother of Elizabeth Hudson, who is Logan's uh, mom. So look at you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like the whole Green Hornet Lone Ranger thing. You know, reading Alpha Flight and uh, what was her name, Jean Marie. Yeah. I would so abuse that woman. Yeah, you would. He was I would. I would no, I would take advantage of the whole multiple personality thing. Yeah, like, you, you would. would not. Hey, man, you know, I'd be I'm hitting like, it and be like, like no, nah, I did not touch you. Hey man, at that time there was no one hotter in comics. Than I I know, period. and I'd be like, <laughs> period. I, I was always partial to Marina myself. Oh. <laughs> you like the big yeah. You like them green yeah. and slimy. You like, I like them. My girl, I like my girl's plot X, baby. Well, they do smell funny, but <laughs> you, you you like them big, right big green and and, oh, and like yeah, a sea and, monster. And, and, but at that time, though, man, Aurora, she was at the top of the mountain That's as far as like comic book babies. Well, it was well, just Wonder had, Woman in a, in a black and white. Now I know uh, a lot of people don't know Alpha Flight is coming back uh, this year, and yeah. some questions about uh, whether or not, like how they how they're all back to life, and uh, that all happened in Chaos War. So uh, did it? Uh, yeah, yeah. But originally so, it happened in Avengers. It was yeah. it, it was then they, they, they died again though? They got killed again by. Uh, they got by, killed uh, again. Okay, okay. An- another part of the magic of Alpha Flight is that you know John Byrne did it, and John Byrne. Was Canadian. I mean, he's English-born, but he's I think considers himself, you know, Canadian-raised. And that's another part of the thing that you can't recapture. Um, I, I I think if you're going to do Alpha Flight, you have to have a Canadian do it. Well, Seriously. I say that uh, Fred, Van, Fred Van Lente and Greg Pak are uh, are pretty much uh, surefire. Uh, Slam dunks for me to write something. So okay, then you have to get like Ramon Perez or Cameron Stewart to draw it. Dale oh, Eaglesham. Cool. Eaglesham's drawing it. But... Oh, nice! That'll yeah. be pretty. Yeah. The yeah. other thing is, Van Lenty and Pac said that they're not. When they agreed to do this, they said, "Listen, uh, if we're going to do it, we can't get all up involved in all the crazy, convoluted stuff that's gone on since the beginning." So basically, uh, they said the only thing they're treating as canon is the initial burn stuff, and then from there, well, they're good. Just, yeah. Good. Oh, that, what the Mantlo stuff that's, was good that's, too. That's great. 
That's great. I thought, no, I thought Mantlo did a lot they're not gonna they're not gonna spend issues talking about how this guy came back to life or what Puck is doing or right, where the Box big, is. They're just yeah. gonna tell. They're gonna tap the characters. They're gonna say, "Look, they're back. They're they're back. They're real. They really are alive." And then there's until stories. Just, they're not. You know, I always like Box. Uh, how are they back and why? I like a lot of Box too. You, you want to laugh at me? <laughs> I never. And and she's maybe. When did uh, Alpha Flight end? Ninety uh, issue twenty. No, stop I'm, it. I'm saying like what, like ninety one, ninety two. Seriously, for however, no, the Matt. I, I disagree. I think the Matlow stuff was really good, but I never made the connection between Puck and Hockey. I be, I was just like, well, <laughs> his name is Puck. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought his name he's was Canadian. Puck. His name's Puck. Come on. I, I didn't get that. I was like, oh my God. He's in you a are... black suit and he, he, he spins around and, and he's rolls. like, I'm just saying. You're... <laughs> it's I was... like my moment whenever I, whenever I admitted that I didn't know what T.O. Morrow meant. I know. See, there you go. That's my moment. I didn't realize uh, Puck. Events, issue okay. Ended, uh, so here's me in 95 going, oh, Puck. <laughs> I get it now. You know? Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> But awesome. you are the best. My favorite <laughs> member was always, 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 always Shaman. He was my, always my favorite. Love Shaman, yeah. Yep. Well, then Talisman, his daughter. Yep, was, love uh, Talisman, too. Well, she's skinny, but yeah. True. But, yeah, uh, there's, some funny, there's some funny Talisman jokes on the forum right now, by the way. But Aurora, Where can you I mean, see those at, David? You could take advantage of her. Forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum. Yeah. For some reason, even though it was a common trope in the X-Men universe for a long time, having junior members in training, there was just something cool about Alpha Flight having all those different rungs, you know, having Beta Flight and Gamma Flight. Oh, yeah, X-Men. Wild like, Child? Yeah. It was dope, you know, oh, Persuasion yeah. and uh, what was the, uh, Goblin. Was it Goblin? Uh, yeah, that was her, right, the the, the alien-looking uh, one, Goblin. And uh, what was the dude that um, that could turn into different evolution forms of himself, like the the uh, you know the amoeba and uh, oh. you know and uh, the uh, the super advanced smart version? What was he? Uh, what that was, was some crazy fun stuff, man. It wasn't Pro? Not Proteus. What the hell was his no, name? No. I, how about Pink Pearl? You can't knock Pink Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> Like like uh, Larson's heavy flow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we've we've pretty much nailed it this week. Thank Expunged. As as always, this episode of uh, Eleven O'clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Mannequin. Mannequin. Briefly, yes. briefly, you can get Strange Adventures number one out of Vertigo, half price, three ninety nine. Kirby Genesis for a quarter. Vampirella and the Scar- Scarlet Legion, seventy five percent off, ninety nine cents, plus a boatload of dynamite, Army of Darkness and Red Sonia for thirty five cents a piece. Amazing, incredible! Don't forget mydigitalcomics.com, where you can get digital versions of your favorite comics for a fraction of the cover price. And in stocks, trades.com, doles and um, uh, collected editions. I don't know what I'm saying because I am tipsy. Hey, in your in, in your travels, you're your, tipsy. I'm tipsy. Yeah. Do yourself a huge, huge favor and pick up an issue of Heavy Metal. Kevin Eastman still Ooh, editing. He's still editing the magazine. Um, it's 
largely good. I mean, there are some there are some stinkers every now and then, but come on, let's be honest. Even way back in the day, there was always a stinker or two in heavy metal. The last issue I got is called the Living Dead Special, cover date spring 2011, and as you would expect from that title, Living Dead Special, it's all about zombies. And it's it's really good. For 6.95, you get 122 pages of gut munching zombie action and the last story called zombies the divine comedy will if you have a heart it'll probably make you cry and it's All really right. good stuff so heavy metal go read it it's good stuff cool. yeah uh you guys will be hearing about this in the next week or two or so um it, it's no it's no secret that i give bendis a hard time um really really but it's it's be- noticed. It's because tough love. That's what it is. Because I loved <laughs> yeah. his work for so long, and I feel let down by some of the stuff that he does here. I in think the last you're well on record with that. Yes, I am reading Powers from the very beginning, and I'll probably be talking about it in the next couple weeks. So in your travels, if you want to play along with me at home, um, go pick up the first couple trades of Powers because it is, uh, I, I think, one of the one of the top five comics of the last decade. You know, that's good that you're reading that because I can play along. I love Powers. I think that's Powers is is it's Bendis's phenomenal. magnum opus. Yeah. I would yeah. be happy to play along as well. Um, I've read it, the first trades, but then never went back to it. So, see, everybody it's, goes it's on so and on about Alias. I don't see it. It's I, powers, I, powers. Yeah, I. Uh, well, I think Alias is terrific too. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. See, I could, I couldn't even make it through Alias. I got to maybe. Uh, I, 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 I like, I like Alias, but Powers is special. You know, I think, I think whenever it's, whenever it's all said and done, and. Um, you know, we we talk about creators in in retrospect. It's like, okay, what is this creator's? You know, what what is the book that you need to read to kind of get a feel for for who they were and and where their strengths were? I, I think when it's said and done, people will say, if you want to if you want to know how good of a writer Brian Bendis was, go read Powers. Yep, I agree. Yeah. It's, needs, okay. needs, great. it's awesome. Yeah, it's, needs a little bit awesome. of editing on the dialogue, but yes, I yeah. I agree. Punch, you know, and, but, and punch, he, needs to, he needs to stick with writing it himself and not letting his uh, his buddy. Ah, in stop! Yeah, you know, Jesus, Orman's going to punch the, you right in the face the next time. He's, he's, that <laughs> it has the it has this amazing independent raw feel to it. Where you like, does. yeah, it could use a little editing here and there, and that's fine, but. I feel like I'm getting something very real, yes. Because it's right, fr- it's right from the creator, and I can deal with a little, you know, a little extra this and that that you know might have been cut out no. if it was if it were if it were being published somewhere else or you know through through there's, other you know through other channels. But God, there's there's is, no excuse for grammar and punctuation errors. None. None. No. Okay. Oh, I, I don't care if you, you want to eat. I don't care if it's, it's pub- copy editing, not yeah, not edit, copy editing. You, you can publish oh. this on a, on a street corner if your if your apostrophes aren't you know holding the fort. Yeah. you're done. Yeah. Not oh, even oh, yeah, I Speaking of that, uh, I know I remember it's probably a few years now ago, but uh, 
<laughs> no, well, well, yeah, but when uh, Chris Marshall of the Collected Comics Library, our buddy, who, by the way, just uh, talk about he's one of the grandfathers of Comics Podcast. He just had a sixth year anniversary, so congrats yeah. to him. He'll be, he'll be on the podcasting panel. Yeah, yep. yep. but and, he, and uh, I remember nice he went on an absolute rant when uh, when the powers uh, <laughs> first powers hardcover came out, and there were all these like errors at the first printing. And he was like, I remember, he's a very calm, collected guy usually on his podcast. He's very informational, yeah. very factual. And I remember he went on like a rant. He was like incensed about it, much like Mister saying, he's like, this is a reprint like that was you had all the, like how could you let these errors exist? Like it's True. like you know, That's but true. anyway. But it's a great. Well, I mean, we're we're talking about a series that misspelled the word "cosmic" on the spine of a trade paper. Right, but I mean, honestly, it's you know, (laughs) if you're on a message board, even a scholarly message board, and somebody mangles an apostrophe, their credibility with me anyway is shot. I I I cannot. There's no weight to anything they say when you mangle an apostrophe. I am a grammar Nazi. I am. I am. can rape baby turtles, but if yep. you put an apostrophe in the wrong place, you're dead. You're, you're done. You're dead. Yeah, David, what should they be reading? Yeah. Uh, I mentioned the Zero issue a couple weeks ago. I just read the first issue of Young Justice, and it is still very much like the cartoon, uh, except that the Superboy in this comic book is actually pretty likable. I don't know why they don't have this character in the cartoon, but they really should. The uh, there's a pretty neat cliffhanger on the uh, on the last page. You can kind of maybe guess You're based on a, the cover. Such a what? DC fan you are. I am. I, I am, can't I'm believe it. Selling out, yo. Uh, but it's Johnny DC, so does it count? But it's it's just it's really uh, and and you know by by Paddlebug's own Mike Norton. Of course, I know the art Norton. Uh, uh, but no, it's um, and it it this one takes place right uh, at the end of the pilot when Miss Martian says that that she's moving in and and uh, and then we kind of take off from there because I I like how the show will have the uh, the time date when when they cut scenes and go to different locations and 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 the comic takes that and and puts it in this book too so i mean if it, somebody i'm sure somewhere might have already started a wiki where they're going to let you know wiki, wiki, wiki. between uh between between the cartoon and the comic book you know what's happening at what time and where and 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 take it from there but um i still saying to uh give young justice a, a whirl okay i'll, I'll yeah. stick with the battle pug instead all right all right fair enough battlepug.com uh, in, true in your travels although he already spoiled it Wish Mr. Neesman a happy birthday. Uh, it's coming this weekend, so uh, not that he'll he'll probably be wishing himself a happy birthday all 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 day. But uh, but you can feel free to as well. Um, I have three books I want to give uh, a quick uh, read to, uh, and no, there's a reason why. That's um, awesome. Not, uh, uh, yeah, you like that. So here's here's the three books. Um, in your travels, please read, uh, and this is in no particular order. Who is Jake Ellis? Sixth Gun and Marine Man. And we've talked about all these books before, um, and relatively recently, so I don't want to get a lot into them, except to say that they all, the February the Diamond Numbers, it's like, people, I mean, I understand not everyone's got it, but there's got to be a bigger market for these three books. I mean, honestly, it's like, Marine Man's got to be, there's got to be more than 2,900 people that want to read Marine Man. It's sad, Man's. isn't it? It's sad. So, so, again, I don't know what our audience is, well, I have some sense of what our audience is, but... 
Even if, I know a lot of you guys always tell us you're you go and you pick books that we talk about and try it. You're lying. No, 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 no. So, 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 if if you're not trying one of those three, give them a try. Pick up an issue. Yeah, it, and honestly. and I'll be biased. Please pick up Marine Man. That is such oh, a good book. It it is the work of Ian Churchill's career. And it's all this ages. is his. It's, it's his finest. I know. And they loved it. And there's, you know, with the exception of a little bit of Naked Boy Butt in, like, issue um, well, well, three, there's really nothing that's going to offend anyone. I was going to say that, it's in, in a, that it's in a very innocent context. Oh, right. They, they, yeah. yeah, I won't say it. But anyway, this this is Ian Churchill's finest hour. Please support it. Just go pick up Marine Man. Don't wait for the trade. Get it. It's amazing. And then David, I mean, David's done enough, more than enough, to, to push the sixth gun. Because it's a great book, right? David's yeah. always on that. And, you know, yeah, do it. We're out of here. Go read it. Go read right. it. Bye-bye. Are we, are we done? I think we are, but we should say started. goodbye because we love you. I'll we'll see you next week. Well, not, not that guy over there, but yeah. No. Peace. We love you, babies. We'll see you next week. And go buy some comics. Especially good. That's good. Okay. Giddy up. <laughs>